Previously on J.N. Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast. Yeah, I was locked up, and then I got kicked out of my house. Let's see this person who does not belong here, and now he's, like, figuring out how this whole world works. Sandy sees himself in Ryan, and he's extending every fatherly kindness because he knows that Ryan never had that, because neither did Sandy. Ryan, I think he says, like, two words this whole scene. Seth is C-3PO, and Ryan is (laughs) R2-D2. It's time for J.N. Mitchell's D.O.C. Podcast. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of J.N. Mitchell's The O.C. Podcast. It's the podcast where we religiously watch every episode of the 2003 Fox soap opera for prime time the oc and just talk about it it's fun hey jay and we're jay and mitchell hi mitchell we're just two friends quarantined in our homes talking about that beloved <laughs> beloved show <laughs> proving it, that you it, can do a podcast about literally anything oh yeah i mean it's it's a it's an oversaturated market and we're just another drop in the ocean um the uh pacific ocean pacific ocean that's right we both we both paused for a second to remember like which one is the west coast was it the indian ocean yeah uh after two episodes jay how do you how are you feeling about the oc is it as beloved as i mentioned previously it it's doing a thing for me that happened the same thing happened uh the first time i watched it which was, um, it's it's like picking up momentum, and I want to just keep watching it. Like mm. I, at this point, I I am pretty far ahead as far as, like I think I'm on like episode eight or nine at this point. Wow! Just because I've had nothing to do all day, and yeah. it's just you, you. It they do a good job at least in these first uh, however many episodes where it ends on a, a little bit of a cliffhanger and you're like, well, fuck now I got to see the next episode, even though I've already seen all the episodes for sure. Yeah, no, they, they I have to say, this is probably one of the first shows I like binge watched, like where you buy all the I, DVDs, you know, I was, I was going to say that, like, I remember, and we didn't bring this up in the first episode and I feel like, uh, we should have, but are the way that we, watched like we ended up getting current like we started we started late getting into the oc but at a certain point we did get like current and we're watching it weekly but up until that point we would like buy one of us would buy the the box set and then we would just like fucking plow through it and like pull an all-niner and just i remember one of the times we we finished i guess it was the first season we finished it and it was like midnight and we were living in Tennessee and we had nothing else to do. And so we like immediately went to Walmart and bought the second season and came home and started <laughs> watching it. I've had a lot of like, uh, well, not a lot of, but I've had a few late night Walmart purchases that ended up being really good decisions. The OC being mm-hmm. like one of them. I think another one was I bought like Rock Band. Like we had like a lot of tequila or something and i was like i want to fucking buy i want to play the drums like let's go 
and uh hell yeah went out i i got my sober girlfriend to drive don't worry guys and uh <laughs> purchased Robin, no, no regrets there um what a terrible you were getting you get pulled over for drunk driving and you're like well officer it's just on my way to get rock band it's, not, it's totally cool I he was like get, get in the car the drums <laughs> get in the car we're starting a band let's go <laughs> and he just like starts a new life with me in a rock band band are there rock your, band bands your, the name of your band would be called the police mm, not taken wide open that <laughs> that name <laughs> I, i'm sure there are rock band rock bands like bands because, that like go out and like perform on like expert mode for an audience. Maybe not anymore, but like at the height of rock band, yeah, I'm sure there were there were people that would go watch those bands play. At the very least, it's like there were competitions or something. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Uh, how much? How much would you pay for a ticket to go see a rock band? Rock band. Negative five dollars. You would have to pay me <laughs> five dollars and free parking. <laughs> And maybe like a beer and I I would do it for that. Yeah. I was going to say like, if you were at a bar and you looked over and you were like, what's going on over there? And someone was like, it's a rock band, rock band. And you're like, all right. I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that. They would at least be like well-recorded songs that I know, (laughs) like songs I'm familiar with. Like they, they usually had a good, uh, like a good pick of like different genres, but like good tunes usually on those games. And, uh, they would, I assume if this is a professional rock band band, they'd be played pretty much flawlessly. I I hope so. (laughs) I think I would, maybe I would prefer that to just seeing like some, some crappy, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like some crappy band at a bar that you're, you you weren't expecting to see. And they're just like too loud and obnoxious. Right. That happens. God, we're so old. We're so not, we, we, we wouldn't be caught dead at the, uh, the bait shop, (laughs) the bait shop, which I think is season two. Oh man. Right now I would, I would go see a shitty band now. Oh, to do just to do something that's a great point yeah i've like never been i've only gone to shows that i've played i'm not really like a a show goer but i like yeah yeah, i just really miss being around people and a show is certainly a place to be around people um this really this really terrible uh less than jake cover band is playing like i'm in i'll do it yeah, let's go. It's in Alpharetta. It's like 40 miles away. Let's go. Okay, sure. <laughs> it's so far away. You're going to stand behind like a column, like a support beam. So it's like, so you can barely even see the show. You're like, that's fine. Sure. Whatever. All the beer's warm and flat. Whatever, dude. Just like, you can't talk me out of it. Stop trying to. <laughs> you invited me. I'm what are you in. doing? So episode two, season one of the oc i believe it's titled the model home the model home and it starts out with a previously on much like our podcast does um Mm -hmm. and they have a different character from the main cast say previously on this was like a trope i believe they did in lost as well which came out around the same time um this was a trope in like i'm I'm gonna go and say that lost stole it from the oc i'm sure they did 
<laughs> stole a lot from the OC. Like the ending. The series finale. Yes. <laughs> where where Ryan like like is in purgatory or whatever. <laughs> oh man. Lost was such a bummer. Um oh. the sideways universe. I don't want to get into that. That'll be our next show. <laughs> But the OC starts out with a strong previously on. I have to say, as an editor, the 30-second recap that they do of the, the previous episode is masterful. Like, it is yeah. the tightest editing you can imagine. Like, they get through 45 minutes of plot. And as we said it in our previous episode, that is like a razor-sharp script. Like, there is no filler. It is, like, all essential content that they're packing into this show and uh and the previously on the 30 second recap is just like just gets you every bit of information you could need going into the second episode and it is like super fast super clipped like you are seeing like half a second shots of stuff going on and there's voiceover and blah 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 but it is communicated in a very like effective and uh digestible way i would say yeah yeah. Well, rad. also, like, uh, like we said last episode, there was like TiVo and stuff, but I feel like there was probably plenty of homes where somebody was like, "Fuck, I missed the last episode." Hmm. Like, I missed the the previous episode, uh, so I'm not gonna know what's going on in this episode. It was like it was probably more important back then to have a good previously on oh, like, sure. recap for people. Yeah, that was a big part of it. And it does eat into your runtime a little bit, but I think it's like, it's kind of necessary. Um, So we get through the previously on and uh, we get caught up to speed and we open with a little beach montage, like sunset beach montage. You see people surfing, people on jet Mm -hmm. skis to uh, California by Rufus Wainwright. Really, really good tune. One of my favorite songwriters. Great song to uh, start an episode of a show set in California. <laughs> a little on the nose. Pretty, a little on, but like, I don't know. There, I mean, it wasn't like the lyrics weren't like the OC, California, Newport Beach, like teenage know. love and drama. The only, the only better song I can think to start a show set in California would be, uh, californication by the red hot chili peppers or any red hot chili peppers wait till episode three my friend (laughs) no i wish no that they had um they dug a little deeper than like you know uh probably like top 40 uh rock hits like because rufus at the time i think he he kind of like peaked in popularity years after this song was on the show um Mm -hmm. but at at the time i guess he was he was coming up he'd probably done two maybe three albums at that point but um i i loved him and this was another like i loved him in high school and this was another like like as soon as i heard that song i was like hell yeah (laughs) that's my guy rufus definitely when when pulls you in even a little bit more oh yeah this show is really good at that so you see all these people on the beach and um and the last shot they show i don't know if you picked up on this was like a dude like squatting in the sand like ripping a joint did you notice that 
no i thought i was crazy i like rewound it and then i was like oh no that's definitely like like it's <laughs> it's so funny because it's just like beach bodies action surfing da, da, da. and then like they hang on this shot for like six seconds like it's just like a dude like kind of hunched over like trying to block the wind <laughs> just like toking on a oh, on a joint and i'm that. like that's california you know baby. that guy was probably stoked that that was probably an extra right that wasn't just like some yeah, they were just picking up at the beach that they filmed, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh I mean, to be like featured like that in a show, yeah, you have to like sign a release and like they probably paid him like 50 bucks or whatever, but like <laughs> they're like, "Look, dude, we caught you on camera smoking weed. So either agree to be on the show or we're calling, we're the, calling cops. the cops." He's like, "But this is California." He's like, "Yeah, but it's 2003." <laughs> Which I don't know what the <laughs> the laws were then. I assumed it, it was still probably cool, but like you had to have maybe a uh, medical marijuana license or something. I think One so. One of those things. Yeah. Whatever. So, uh, so then we open on the, I believe the pool house, correct? No, no, no. Seth and Ryan are chilling in the pool. They're just chilling on some floaties. Yeah. And I'm looking at Ryan and I'm just like, man, this is the life, huh? How far you've come, my man. Welcome. Yeah, it's a long way away from Chino, eh, Ryan? <laughs> so, I, yeah, feel they- like, I feel like they used the pool a lot more in the first couple of episodes. Like, I feel like by like season two, nobody gets in the pool ever. But it was like, if you, as I have watched a few episodes ahead now, it's like there's, there's moments where they're just hanging out in the pool. Yeah. It's kind of like um, when you get a real pool <laughs> and you're like, really, I mean, I've never had a pool, but I would imagine it's like a trampoline or something where it's like, you're really excited about it at first for like mm-hmm. the, the, a summer, maybe like a, like a month or something. And then it just starts like collecting algae. You forget to clean it and it just kind of goes to shit, you know, like a lot of things in life. <laughs> but, and then you take it and then you and then you take the pool and uh to a shelter and then someone rescues the pool later and gives mm-hmm. it a good home well i hope so you know it is a 17 year old <laughs> pool uh right. that'll come back guys don't worry uh so they're just chilling in the pool sandy comes by he's like hey dinner's almost ready and I, you're just like oh man what a, what a life these guys have but this is i'm i'm assuming this is like a week later a week after the first episode or a few days after or something it's not really clear i yeah it it feels like a little bit of time has passed but not too much it is it's ryan's last night with them correct yes like, that's established sandy's taking him to his like group house like foster house that he's going to be staying at in the morning yeah and even seth's just like hey man what do you want to do tonight it's your last night like let's this party or whatever and ryan's like i think i just want to chill which is not ryan's mo (laughs) or maybe it is maybe he's like it's like the big lebowski where he just wants to chill but he never gets the opportunity to because like of circumstances around him just thrusting him into action all the time well also like i assume the foster care house that he's going to isn't a huge mansion in orange county that's true. So soak it up I think while he's you like, can, buddy. This is my last, my last night here. Let's uh, let's hang out in the pool. Let's you know, chill. Yeah, let's just enjoy it. Enjoy each other's company. 
So they go, we go in the house, uh, the Cohen's residence, and Kirsten's on a business call. We don't really know what it's about, but luckily there is a model of the model home sitting in front of her. So you're like, ah, okay, something to do with real estate, contracting, building. She's in mm-hmm. that department. And um, that's kind of the tit- kind of a throwaway. The titular, but- the, it's the titular uh, house. <laughs> what would you call that? Yeah. <laughs> the, episode. the titular yeah. prop. You're right. Yes. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yes, that, that comes back later. Um, and while they're in the house, uh, they all, they all, the family gathers around with Ryan. Sandy says that he's going to take Ryan to child services tomorrow. And, um, you know, it's, it's, so it's kind of got this bittersweet kind of last supper kind of, I think the, the term last supper is even thrown out there. Yeah. Um, um, oh, so I said, uh, she's talking on the phone with her dad, uh, Caleb Nickel, uh, who is also her boss. Right. Right. Family so business. That's yeah. And we, we meet him eventually and, uh, he's, <laughs> he's a piece of work. He's just a real, he's just a real character. Yeah, um, he sure is. Yeah. Sandy does say, um, because yeah, Kirsten makes dinner. Uh, she never makes dinner cause she's a bad cook and they always talk about how bad of a, a cook she is. Yeah. Um, and then Sandy says last supper, huh? Sorry. Bad joke. Ooh, we got to rewind it though. Cause that's a little, that's a callback. And, uh, <laughs> did you catch that? Did you catch that one? Yeah. All right. So. So, um, yeah, Kirsten's in the kitchen talking with Ryan and she's like explaining like what this is, what my job is. She says, I build model homes. And then, uh, Ryan's like, can you build me a home? <laughs> Cause you know, he's homeless. And Kirsten right. just kind of gives him a, like, kind of like an, I'm sorry look. And then Ryan's just like, sorry, bad joke. And then literally like the next line is the last supper line. And then, uh, and then Sandy says, sorry, bad joke. And then Kirsten drops like a, uh, like, oh, it's just a laugh fest in here. Because <laughs> it's just mm-hmm. like one bad joke after another. It's hard to make light of such dire circumstances. You know, like Ryan's going back into the system tomorrow. Like, it's hard to shake that, I, the heaviness of that, I assume. Right. But, but they're is, trying. Uh, which is, yeah, like how, how uh, Sandy... Seth, Ryan, most people would be like, I'll, I'll save this uh, situation with a joke. And most of the time it doesn't hit. It's falling flat with, with, I think it's falling flat Um, with Kirsten, especially because she, she feels a little guilty about, you know, like not letting Ryan just like live with him because you know, Sandy would be cool with it. You know, Seth is, Seth even mentions it like in the next scene when they're back in the kitchen, so that's just like, mm-hmm. I don't mean to point out the obvious, but like, we have all this extra room. Like, he, like he's like my new best friend. Like, why can't yeah. he just stay here with us? And then like Ryan... a pool house that just nobody goes in. Yeah. I guess if Ryan's not living there, like... It's, it's just there with a bed and like a mini fridge and a yeah. bathroom. Like, why can't the, um, why can't he just stay? And, um, and, but it's not that simple in the OC, I'm afraid. No, 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 never is. Um, I, I said that, um, 
Yeah, like Kirsten definitely feels guilty about the situation. Like, I think that's why she made dinner because she never cooks. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, she's like gotta oh. send this kid off with a with a meal at least. Some bad meatloaf. <laughs> oh no, this is the meatloaf incident of '98, Seth, and I right. think he brings that up a few times throughout the series, <laughs> just like a little in passing, like a little in joke. It's um, perfect because we never really hear the whole story about it. It's just referenced oh. enough times that we feel like we know it. <laughs> yeah. I imagine their kitchen burnt down or something like that. <laughs> um, but Ryan kind of like shuts this down before it can blow up into like a full-fledged family argument. He's just like, it's cool, guys. Like, I'll I'll go along with the plan. Like, I'm not trying to rock the boat. He's just He's just being a nice guy. He's a sweet boy. And then um, he uh, he's like going back to the pool house to like go to bed or whatever. And before he does, he <laughs> he looks at the model home and then he talks to Kirsten. He says, good luck with the model home. It looks perfect. Like he like he's some expert on <laughs> on like mansions or something. And it is revealed right. like later that Ryan is into architecture Um and and that's kind of like, I don't know if it's his passion necessarily, but it's like something he's interested in. And this is kind of the first little little hint of that is that he kind of like, he says it's perfect, kind of like he's like giving it approval or something. <laughs> like he's like he's studied architecture or something before, but of course we've never seen this. Also, if you're, if you have any like shred of hope that, um, this family might let you live with them. You don't want to insult uh, the the woman of the house's model home. You want know, to be like, it's pretty good. The roof. <laughs> I would move that like, column. Yeah. To the southeast a little more. Uh, yeah. It's like, are you really going to put the garage there? Okay. <laughs> no, you're right. He's he's playing his cards. He's. he's 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 uh he's being very cordial and very sweet, but but that was I mean that was a little superfluous. Like he didn't he didn't need to say that, but the way he said it, like he he sounded like he knew what he was talking about with homes, right. uh, model homes, well, architecture. I don't know. Ryan Ryan has a Ryan has a knack for like delivering like a a poignant one liner to like walk out of a scene with. Yeah, that just pierces your heart. Mm-hmm. And then you're just like, can I let him go? I- <laughs> Ryan, wait, <laughs> Ryan, wait, don't leave. Um, and then he walks, he walks out the, the kitchen door back to the pool house and then boom, our first intro credit sequence, uh, scored mm-hmm. by Phantom Planets, California, which we heard in the first episode, but this is the full fledged, like graphic motion graphic treatment with all the lines. You notice all the lines that are like yeah. flying around and it's like multi paned, you know, like you're seeing like a character's portrait and then like a scene that they're in and then like a beach with a palm tree. It's just like, it's kind of an overload to be honest with you. Well, I was trying to, because, uh, you know, we spent fucking three hours talking about the 45 minute long um, pilot. And so as I'm watching this opening credit thing, I'm like, is there meaning in this? Do I need to like really analyze? Like, what do the lines mean when they're intersecting? And like, I don't think oh, there's any like meaning. They cut it. I think it's just, 
Like, I, no, I think if you it, really wanted well, to bullshit it, you could. But for the most part, I think they were like, it looks cool. Yeah, it's a lot of style. Um, but they do like, you. I mean, they obviously they filmed all of the episodes and then cut shots from other like future episodes into the title sequence sequence right so you you get kind of a glimpse into the future with the title sequence if you're really analyzing it so right. what what do we see we see we see several things but i noted a few of the things that we see right we see um we see uh ryan putting like like he's in like a little tuxedo or whatever and he's putting his jacket around marissa like she's cold, you know, and he's he's putting his jacket around her shoulders, right? So that's ooh, okay. So there's something something going on there. They they don't hate each right. other. They are still like in the vicinity of each other because they're they're hanging out. Obviously, you see uh, Ryan, Seth, and Marissa. Uh, there are Ryan and Marissa riding riding like the bike together. Where Ryan's riding and she's standing on the like foot pegs. And I'm like, oh, that's really cute. Like, obviously, they're going to fall in love. <laughs> that's actually, uh, we'll talk about that later, because that's from this episode. Yes. And like, <laughs> there's a funny thing that I noticed <laughs> from yeah. that scene. We'll get there. Um, and then you, <laughs> and then it's it's really funny, because then, then you see um, Ryan, Seth, and Marissa, like, you, you see the... Uh, the, the shot is of like two big doors like at nighttime and then you see the doors swing open and it's Seth, Ryan, and Marissa standing there and they look like the uh, the Scooby-Doo gang. Like it looks like they're in like a haunted mansion and they're like opening these creaky doors with like cobwebs and stuff and it just seems so out of place like with all, <laughs> all these like beautiful kind of glamorous sunny shots and then it's just like spooky mansion. Like it's the Halloween it's the Hall- episode. It's, it's from the Halloween episode. We'll come to find that that shot is actually from this episode as well. It looks like they cut a lot from this episode as not to like spoil too much. Um, and then there's, uh, oh, well, then there's the punch where Ryan punches Luke from the first episode. Like, great punch. Great shot. And then there's Deserves like a, to be in the opening credits. Agreed. The opening credits should just be that shot re- replayed over <laughs> and over. <laughs> um, and then there's like a weird shot of like, Marissa, it looks like Marissa's in a wedding dress and Jimmy's like walking her down the aisle. I'm sure it's like a cotillion or something, but it's like a, it looks like a white wedding dress. <laughs> it's like, yeah, that's, that was kind of an odd one to choose. You're just like, wait, what the, is she like a child bride? Like what the fuck is going on here? Well, that's, that's one of the episodes that I, yeah, have watched, uh, recently and, um, yeah, it's all, all the like, like, I guess juniors, like, like juniors uh in high school like all the all the women uh they have a cotillion and they all wear like white wedding dresses and then they each have a and then they each have like a male like escort guy who walks with them i mean that's kind of like yeah it's and we'll talk about it in that episode but it's very much a like rich person thing sure one of those rich people rituals that we don't really know about right (laughs) <laughs> so then we uh and then the last shot of the intro credits is the pool house like we get a nice uh exterior shot of the pool house and then the the we come back from commercial i'm assuming and it is literally the same shot of the pool house but it's nighttime now mm-hmm. and uh ryan's tossing and turning in his muscle shirt he can't sleep he uh he jumps up 
gets puts his clothes on, packs his bags, and he decides he's he's getting the fuck out. He's just running away. He's not going back into the system. I did uh, want to. I did kind of want to see like a picture, uh, like a shot with like an alarm clock, because their whole thing was like, "We'll just hang out tonight and like play it cool." Yeah, and he's like in bed. I was like, I guess they didn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> he's like, "Well, got school tomorrow." Or no, they yeah. don't. They don't even have school. No, the it was next summer day. still. It's still summer. Yeah, what the fuck? I yeah, I assume it's I don't know, like four in the morning or something. Yeah, like they've they've hung out. They've watched a couple movies. They played some video games, and then Seth they like, played that one uh, like samurai video game that they are playing every single time that there there's like a scene where they're playing PlayStation. Yeah, it's they're like, playing this, and I I don't know what game it is, but. It's oh, just man. like this samurai ninja video game. It might be Bushido Blade. I'm trying to think of like 2003 was PlayStation 2. Yeah, I'm not sure. But do you think that like they only had the rights to use that game or there was some sort of like weird cross promotional sponsorship thing going on there? Maybe. I don't know. But it's like like Seth and Ryan play it. Sandy plays it a little bit like it's just all these different characters are playing this game and they all know how to play it more or less like the only game they play i mean it'd be funny if there was like a story within a story like in watchmen with like the pirate comic (laughs) yeah like if you if you really paid like in the simpsons with the mcbain stuff like if you if you put all of the mcbain clips together it like makes a little movie like if you put all these all the the samurai video game clips together from the OC in chronological order it like tells this like Kurosawa like film story or something that would be amazing. Well, if any if any podcast was going to investigate that, I think it would be this one. We have the time and the resources. <laughs> let's make it happen. All right. So, I can't wait for a podcast about that. Oh yeah. That'll be like a bonus episode for all the Patreon <laughs> subscribers. <laughs> um, just kidding. This will always be free um, because nobody's going to listen to it. Um, right. So Ryan can't sleep. It's like three in the morning. He gets up. He's running away. As soon as he steps out of the pool house, he runs into Seth. <laughs> like what? Can Can we just like analyze what's going on with seth there for a second because seth seth like see because seth like runs into him and he's just kind of like oh uh, uh, hey uh hey what's up man uh play playstation or something where are you going like he's he almost looks like he got caught doing something like jerking off yeah. or something like i don't know i don't know i don't know what, what he was doing no, I think he was going to see if this is another reason that I was like, I guess they didn't do anything because it really isn't that late. And there's a few like different things to show us that. Oh, but, you're like, right. Yeah. Seth is still Seth is still awake and like in clothes. And he walks up and he was like, oh, I was going to see if you wanted to like play PlayStation or something. You're right. Because um, we can just jump ahead because that's kind of all that is. But essentially like Seth. Well, I guess like Seth decides like, I'm going to help you bust out of here. He's like, you're running away. But he's like, I've got an idea. Like meet me in the front of the driveway. And then he goes up to his room to pack his bags. But, but you're right. So, so we'll get there, but you're right. It's not too late. Yeah. It's probably what, like eight or nine o'clock at night. 
maybe 10 at well, the latest. Yeah, because uh, I because when Ryan is waiting out, I'm jumping forward just a little bit, but when That's Ryan's okay. waiting at the at the driveway, bottom of the driveway for Seth, who yeah. else is waiting at the bottom of her driveway? It's Marissa, because of course she is, because she's always waiting at the bottom of her driveway because she's going to a party at Holly's parents' beach house, because of course she is. Because that happens every night. They even mention that in this episode. They say like, I hope your parents never come back, Holly. <laughs> like her parents just fucking dipped like, out for At this point, we've had three parties in two episodes. We got to say something about yeah. why this we is gotta, happening. We got to mention why there's just like a party pad for these high schoolers to get wasted at. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. Because even, even before that happens, Seth goes up to his room. He's like, all right, Ryan, we're, we're busting out of here. I'm going to go up to my room, put on my, my stealth, uh, t- turtleneck and, uh, pack some supplies. And Sandy just kind of like barges in and Seth like jumps in the bed and like covers himself up so that Sandy can't see what he's wearing. And this is another like moment where it's like, <laughs> Sandy's like, what are you doing? And Seth's like, oh, uh, just, just sleeping. And he's just like, at this hour? So he said at this yeah. hour, like, it's not even that late. This is a really good point. Right. Like, why the fuck was Ryan just like, I just want to go to bed. Fuck it. Maybe it's it was his plan like all along. When he was like after dinner and he was like about the model house, like it looks perfect. I think he just went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> like, he was just like, well, thanks for dinner. <laughs> no, that's a good point. Uh, but there's all the tossing and turning and it's just like, what are you doing, man? He's torturing himself like he always does. So, so uh, you know, Sandy comes up. He's, he's he's coming up to talk to Seth. He feels bad. He wants to have like, a, you know, a little heart to heart because he's like kind of like ripping his new friend out of his life by taking him, uh, taking him to child services tomorrow. And Seth's just like really really just like no it's cool don't worry about it going to bed dad it's fine yeah and he's just like come on seth don't be sarcastic he's like dad seriously it's fine he's like okay a little moment of sincerity there but it's another moment where you think like if i was sandy (laughs) and i just barged into my 16 year old son's room and he's just like hey dad don't don't you knock and he's like covering the the comforter over himself i think like ah Mm. Just walked in on him jerking off. Yep. <laughs> Whoops. But Sandy doesn't give any indication of that. No, I'm sure he's thinking about it a little bit, but he still like wants to talk to him. He's not just like, yeah. oh, sorry, son. I'll he's come like, back in a I'll few come back minutes. in like um, 20 minutes. I don't know. How long does it take kids to jerk off these days? Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so Sandy's like, okay, cool, whatever. He leaves. And, uh, and Seth, the way Seth like kind of like j- rolls out of the bed was hilarious to me because he doesn't just like out loud to that. <laughs> he doesn't just like throw like take the covers off and just kind of like get out of bed like a normal person. He like he like Bruce Lee rolls out of the, out of the bed, kind of somersaults <laughs> backwards clumsily. It was just really yeah. funny. Uh, Throws the, the comforter off of him. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought that that was pretty perfect yeah <laughs> so then we go to the cul-de-sac and we see ryan waiting for seth he's like come on seth but of course sandy was holding him up he's sitting there with his bike and then uh yeah we see marissa in at the edge of her driveway with like a present in her hand and she's obviously going to i, I thought it was interesting that marissa 
doesn't park her car because she was driving to the party. She wasn't like getting picked up because Luke was already right. at the party. Oh yeah, she wasn't. She was walking out. She wasn't waiting out there. Yeah, yeah she, she was, was walking out. She was driving. She like that family that mansion has to have at least a three car garage. Why is she parking in the cul-de-sac? And you know that driveway ain't short. You know that's a bit of a hike getting to the front it's, door. It's a long driveway, yeah. I just I don't yeah. know. It was just it was just so that she she probably as soon as she met Ryan that first night in the cul-de-sac, she probably like started parking her car on the street. Cuz she was like you just never for know. Chance chance encounters, yeah. You never know. So um <laughs> that bugged me a little bit, but I'm willing to let that one slide. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like, so she, okay. So Ryan's waiting there. Mar- Marissa comes out. She's like on the phone. She doesn't notice Ryan at first. Right. And then Ryan like sees her and he's just like, I guess it, his thought is like, oh shit, I got to like get out of here before she sees me. Mm-hmm. And so he proceeds to like, like make a ton of noise with his bicycle like picking it up from the ground which of course gets marissa's attention and she's just like oh hey what are you doing he's like oh uh, whoa, nothing but also did you think he was gonna jump on his bike and pedal away super fast yeah. so that she wouldn't see him <laughs> yeah what the fuck i don't yeah his his motivation here is is really strange because like yeah of 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 course, he and her boyfriend got into a fight. Sure, that happened. But his relationship with her, at this point, from what I can tell, is still like pretty good. Like they they've got a good little back and forth. They don't really know each other that well. He like picked her up and carried her to the pool house. Like, but like he has he he really has no reason to be mean to her right now. And right. yet he is a dick to her in this scene. And I, maybe it's maybe it's like teenage boy trying to flirt, negging, I think they call it. But uh you know what I mean? I think I think so, but I I don't know if maybe he's like angry at her because her boyfriend is an asshole. Sure. I'm like sure that's kind of thing of, it. of like he he has a thing has feeling is as has feelings for marissa and he's kind of like mad that not only does she have a boyfriend but her boyfriend sucks and is cheating on her and uh kicked ryan in the balls in the previous episode yeah she yeah he's probably just like what are you doing with such a like <laughs> dickhead yeah uh, i can kind of get so that, that but, comes, but he's that also comes off as like uh yeah being rude to her when he doesn't need to be but he's also kind of judgmental like he says one of the first things he says to her is like do you always drink like that like he's just like kind of judgy and she's just like she's like kind of like whoa dude <laughs> like like for as uh bad and actor as misha barton is um they kind of they do their best to try and like ground her character and humanize her character give give her more dimension in this episode they really do that for i mean they did a really good job of that with like sandy seth curious like all the all the cohen's and like ryan and stuff in the first episode 
but this is in this episode it, they kind of open up a little bit more and give a little more dimension to um to marissa to jimmy even to luke as we'll find out towards the end of yeah. this episode um which which is like a really cool thing about this show like they really flesh out their character as well so ryan's a little judgy he's kind of like <laughs> kind of being kind of being mean to marissa and Miss marissa's like taking those on the chin she's she's being like chill about it um but uh and so then um then our boy seth shows up and uh marissa he's like where are you going marissa's like i'm going to summer's birthday and then seth's like summer's birthday isn't till wednesday and then uh seth or marissa drive just kind of let that one slide like they kind of just ignore the weirdness of seth yeah but he's also kind of like oh i guess my invitation got lost in the mail it's like since when did he want to be included in that group you know like it, it felt very uh out of character for him to like want to be a part of the party right i i made a note um where i just wrote i hate i guess my invitation got lost in the mail lines yeah i always like you know it's like that passive aggressive i've never thought it was funny when someone was like well i guess my invitation got lost in the mail and yeah. like i i feel like Seth, like what we were saying, like Seth is, uh, like Adam Brody can be really funny and it's when he's doing weird, like cartwheels out of the, it's like when you don't expect the funny thing, but yeah. when like they give him like the cliche lines of like, like, I guess my invitation got lost in the mail. It's just like, oh, yeah. I guess some people probably think that's funny, but I never have. No, I agree. Cause it's, it's basically saying Saying my invitation got lost in the mail, saying like, I know you didn't invite me and <laughs> I'm letting you know that I know that you didn't invite me because right. that's, that's all but that means. he also said in the first episode that, uh, like he's never talked to Summer before. <laughs> exactly. Like, like, why do you expect to be part of the group already? Yeah. You went to Holly's party last week and you got that's beat the up. Thing. He went to one party <laughs> and so now he's like... <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> yeah he thinks he's part of the crew now um and yet he still managed to be charming before this scene is over <laughs> because uh he uh um uh, they they like marissa kind of calls him out for like oh you guys are running away i can tell because that's wearing that stupid turtleneck and he and the ride's like what are you doing he's like i was going for stealth and it's slimming. <laughs> like it's just like <laughs> Seth being a goofball. Love it. Um, oh man. And then uh and then at the end of it, um I forget the the dialogue between Marissa and, and Ryan, but they have kind of the last little exchange. But the scene kind of ends with Ryan giving Marissa this look, but it's not like a I like you look it's like an I want to fight you look like he kind of just like his eyes get kind of like wide for a second and he just kind of like bucks at her a little bit did you pick up on that at all it was like a weird choice Not really but I'm, I'm wondering if because I got this feeling of like she she wants to help them run away because it's it's not going to a party at Holly's parents' beach house, which is what she does every night. It's like a new and exciting thing with this new and exciting uh, guy that 
is clearly like not not a, a typical person that she meets in Newport. So she's like, ooh, I'm being yeah. again like like smoking a cigarette with him in the first episode. It's like her being like, I'm being bad. And I think Ryan was like, You can help, but don't fucking tell anybody we're doing this. Like Ah, yes. That makes sense. Um and so yeah, and so like, yeah, that immediately like that weirdness kind of gets squashed because we cut to Marissa driving ryan and seth so it's like she's Mm -hmm. part of the crew now like she's she's helping them out she's like she's ditching the party she's going off with the 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 new boy that she has an affinity for and then the weird like skater kid that lives next door and um (laughs) this scene man was uh I cringed a bit during this scene. <laughs> the the second episode, I enjoyed it, but it's very obvious that they went real strong on the pilot episode. And then once they like got the show picked up, they were like, all right, we can, we don't have to, we don't have to throw a hundred miles an hour. Every, every scene, we can have a few, you it, know, not so great ones. It's like, it's like if you land on the moon and you take the your first step on the moon and you're just like hell yeah i'm walking on the moon and that's the pilot episode and then you go to take your second step and you neil, trip over your little oxygen cable and you fall neil Arm- on your face on the neil moon. armstrong's famous uh, first line hell yeah i'm stepping on the moon <laughs> that's one small step for sandy cohen one giant whoa, <laughs> tumble a little bit in this one. Um, and I get what they're going for, though. Like, they're just trying to dimensionalize her character. They're trying to, like, give her a little more edge. But it's done in such, like, a forced, kind of, like, heavy-handed way where but it's it's honestly it's it it is how teenagers kind of talk to each other like you you identify with each other and relate to each other through like the media you consume through music movies and stuff that you like so music and movies and tv yeah so they're in the car and uh they're listening to some music and and marissa's like you know like do you like this? And Ryan's just like, yeah, whatever. She's like, what are you, what are you into? What are you into musically? And he's just like, I don't know everything. I don't know. I don't really listen to music. And we're just like, that's fine, Ryan. That's, that's who you are. That's okay. Ryan. You're a little Ryan basic. Looks like the, the question of what you're into, he like really kind of balls up and he's like, I don't know. I don't really listen to music. Yeah. He's like, people don't ask me about myself. What is this? Marissa says she likes punk, and the song that is playing, I don't know if I categorize it as punk rock music. Do you remember what song it was? I didn't jot it down. No, but I mean, it's it's uh, it sounds like a Phantom Planet band. It sounds okay. like a kind of an indie, more of just like a indie rock sort yeah. of of the time kind of band. So yeah, then Marissa is our uh, Ryan like fires back at her, just kind of like, "What do you like?" or whatever, and Marissa's just like. Right now, um, punk. Right now, right now, right now. Um, thank right, you for asking. <laughs> oh, right now. You want to know what I'm into right now, or what I was into like last month? Because last month it was like lo-fi hip hop, but this month, right now, 
Uh, punk. <laughs> I'm into punk. And the way she says it, all like chipper and punk. punk. It's like the first time she's ever said that word. <laughs> um, she's just is. She's just happy that she can like get that out and say that because I don't think she gets to with like summer and holly oh and luke and all her other friend luke like yeah do you think luke lets her pick they don't what they listen to and yeah they don't understand punk the way that marissa cooper does dude she's complex she's going through some stuff with like her dad i also like the idea of uh the next time the next time you're like meeting a new person instead of asking what kind of music they're into ask them so what kind of music were you into last month and just see if they're like, oh, uh, last month? <laughs> That'll throw them. Because I thought you were going to ask me, like, right now. Like, what am I doing right now? <laughs> like, no, no, no. Last year. A year ago today. And so oh, she, she rattles off some pretty easy to find in your local Sam Goody uh, <laughs> punk records. The Cramps, yeah. The Clash, The Sex Pistols, etc. Like, very... Punk. Yeah, very like top tier surface level punk bands. They're not they're not really digging too deep. But I mean, like Clash is a good band. I love the Clash. There, there's good bands yeah. in there, but it's also just like a very it's like punk 101, like introductory course. Like this is what you're listening to, which is fine for Marissa. I guess that's that is what she would listen to if she was into punk. It's just some teenage awkwardness. That I guess they captured so well that it made me, it made me cringe <laughs> a little as a thirty-three-year-old man. Um, right. And so, so this is like, so she rattles off those bands, and then uh, Seth Cohen says he's sitting in the back seat. He's like, "Oh man, I listen to the same music as Marissa Cooper." Like he's like, "Oh no, my identity, my whole world's being shattered right now." Yeah. Then, uh, well, that's a funny, like, because Seth portrays himself so much as a, like, he's, he's better than these people. He, he reads different stuff from them. He listens to different stuff than them, watches different movies than they do. Like he's more, he's more of like an intellectual type, you know, guy and they don't understand him. But then the fact that, yeah, like the Sex Pistols and the Clash are his idea of like, these unknown mu- musical groups that yeah. he's just like oh shit <laughs> oh man we're into the sa- i'm into the same stuff as marissa man it's maybe like, I-, I listen to really like underground music and you're like oh yeah like what and you're like the beatles you're like, <laughs> oh okay yeah never <laughs> heard of them um <laughs> but you know um and then oh and then she caps the scene off with a with a nice little button where she's just like, I'm angry. What? I'm angry. Like, don't judge me for liking punk. I'm angry. Get it? I got a lot of shit going on. To be fair, she is angry, but it's, it's a, yeah. She also doesn't sound angry when she goes, I'm angry. I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. It's like, what do you have to be angry about? And I get it. All teenagers are angry because their hormones hormones are all over the place. And, you know, no matter what level of privilege you have, you have, like, people struggle. But this isn't the same struggle that, like, Fugazi was talking about in their records. Right. Uh, so it just feels a little, a little out of place. Uh, 
So then we get to the model home. And this is something I really like about this episode too. It's like, there's not a ton. There is like some good, like little action set pieces and stuff. But for the most part, this episode is just like our main trio for now. Like Marissa, Seth and, and Ryan, just like hanging out and like talking and getting to know each other. Like it's super dialogue heavy. There's not really like, anything driving the scene other than like them just like hanging out and getting to know each other, which is, which is cool. Cause like, even though Seth and Marissa have lived next door to each other forever, they don't even really know each other anymore. It kind of reminded me of them. Like, I feel like when I was like 14, 15, 16, something like that, like, I feel like I, I walked out of my room and my sister walked out of her room at like the same time. And we saw each other for like the first time in several years. I was just like, <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> what are you into? Uh, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like we were like going through puberty around the same time and we just kind of like went into our own worlds. And then one day when we were finally like, like level headed enough to communicate right. with each other again, we emerged and we were just like, oh, hey, like, you're pretty cool. Let's hang out. You were like, what kind of music are you into? And she was like, right now? <laughs> right now? Or like before, <laughs> before we stop talking to each other for two years. I don't know. Um, so yeah, so that so now they get to the model home. It's it's you know a big beautiful mansion. It's the model home that that Kirsten had in front of the model of the model home she had in front of her that Ryan said was perfect. Um, it is built apparently like uh, you know there's issue with the oh we'll we'll hear why it's unfinished but there's like an issue with the contractor like the contractor just like stopped showing up to build the house or something yeah i think yeah they kirsten said they disappeared sure which you know that's contractors for you (laughs) tell me about it i uh (laughs) i did think it was uh interesting that ryan earlier when they were looking at the model was like can you build one of those for me and yeah. technically, she kind of did. She did it. She just didn't know it because mm-hmm. he does stay there for a, a night and a half. Was a nice little bit of foreshadowing there, wasn't it? Boom. So, uh, yeah, they get in the model house. It's, you know, big mansion, empty, like scaffolding and unfinished parts of it all over the place. But it's like in a perfect climate. I always wondered, like... Did they have like, do you think they had like running water and stuff there? <laughs> there is a part where Marissa gives him toilet paper. Right. But I don't there a think toilet? there was running water. I'm thinking maybe like there's a porta potty um, sure. on site. Sure. Yeah, that's usually the case. But I thought that was interesting. Obviously, there's no electricity going or gas or anything, but you know, they're teenagers. They're like, whatever, I'll just camp out here. It's fine. Um, (laughs) so camp out in this mansion, right? So yeah, this was actually a really good segue going into why it's empty because, uh, you know, they're going through and Seth's like, yeah, like my mom's trying to try to build this place and it's been, it's been empty like this forever. And then Marissa's like, how? And then boom, it cuts to Kirsten on the phone at the house talking with somebody who's just like, oh, the contractor is like bailed or whatever. And, um, Mm -hmm. I just thought that segue was really smart. Um, oh, and then um, Sandy shows up, right? Kirsten gets off the phone 
and Sandy shows up and this exchange is like really smart the way it's it's kind of handled. Sandy kind of like walks in and he's just like, what's wrong? And she's like, oh, the contractors or whatever. And then uh, she was like, did you talk to Seth? And he's like, yeah, I tried to, you know, teenagers, like he kind of blew it off. Or I whatever. tried to, but he was jerking it. Yeah, so he was too busy whacking <laughs> off. You know how teenage boys are. Remember when we were fun? <laughs> Um, and then, we just jerk off in the back of the mail truck. It was fun. <laughs> you were so fun. <laughs> <laughs> so then he, uh, so then he's like, he's like, hey, don't blame yourself. And then Kirsten assumes that he's talking about Ryan. She's like, well, what am I supposed to do? You know, like I don't know the kid, and like we can't just like take him in. Blah blah. blah. And then uh, she like kind of like blows up about this, and then Sandy's like. I was talking about the contractors. And this is a beautiful moment because this is Sandy seeing in Kirsten that mail truck girl. He like yep. sees the the big heart and the you know the person that just wants to save the world and help out people that she can. But but she's, you know, she, he in the previous episode, he kind of alludes to like, "Oh, you're becoming like your dad or you're becoming like your parents," like being kind of like uptight and just kind of like conforming to this lifestyle that we have and he's like oh, oh you were so fun i missed that girl i missed so that fun and then he sees a little glimmer of her there when she's like when she gets it, 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 impassioned about about the ryan situation and it's a mm. short little scene but i think it was really well done i the two these two actors are so great together like any of the scenes that Sh- sandy and kirsten are just just like Mwah, it's magic yeah. oh it's like the opposite of scenes exclusively with ryan and marissa <laughs> <laughs> yes because <laughs> they do have some good moments but for the most part it's like oh they're just struggling to get through the scene yeah. <laughs> and so am i uh so then we go back to the model home and that's when we have the shot of the double doors opening up the scooby-doo shot <laughs> but it ends up being like they're opening the doors to like the backyard right and right. uh he's like check this out it's amazing seth says check this out and then uh marissa's just like what it's an empty pool and then seth says to some people and then he like grabs the skateboard and then we cut we hard cut to him like you know like th- absolutely thrashing in this pool like he's a good skateboarder do you think that that because there are some shots where it's clearly Adam Brody like doing some like sk- he can do the thing where he like power slides yeah like there's there's a few episodes where in the show where he does that and it's clearly Adam Brody but do you think Brody was doing his own uh half pipe tricks or absolutely do you think that was a not that's a liability. <laughs> You can't have your main actor like doing something that dangerous. Like you got to get a stuntman, body double guy to do that. As much uh, as I want to believe, Tom Cruise would do it. Oh, Tom! Well, yeah, Tom Cruise is producing it <laughs> if he's doing it. He's like, I write your paychecks. You don't tell me not to skydive twenty times. <laughs> and if I want to skateboard in a in an empty pool, I'm going to. And then jump on a helicopter as it's taking off. I'll do it. Uh. It it definitely wasn't Adam Brody, but it does communicate the fact that Seth is like an absolute baller skateboarder. Like he's like yeah, a really he's good great. skateboarder. Um, so he's like shredding. Seth's shredding. 
And this is like, they keep finding excuses to get Ryan and Marissa alone. They keep like, like shooing Seth away or distracting him with something so that Ryan and Marissa can have some dialogue together because they're trying to build this love story. Um, so <laughs> while they're sitting there and it, 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 it may be because it's a literal construction zone that they're in, but like Ryan's wearing like the white muscle shirt and like the Dickies pants and like, like work boots. He, he looks like, he just looks like a construction worker <laughs> sitting there. He looks like he's on his break. Yeah. Like I half he's expect like... to see like a little lunch pail with like, <laughs> with like an apple sitting in it or something next to him. He's just like, so uh, you come you come around here often? Uh, uh. <laughs> the foreman, foreman catches me talking to you. He's going to, he's going to dock my pay. Oh, he's going to have my neck. I'll tell you. Um. So yeah, so we have. Uh, <laughs> this is you and I who have never worked construction before, but that's trying our best to use words that we think are involved. Hey, uh, give, give me that uh, jackhammer over there. I gotta <laughs> make a hole for the pipes. <laughs> I gotta sit on a steel beam for some reason. <laughs> Where else am I gonna sit? That chair over there. Uh, so, they tell me I gotta wear the reflective vest. I don't like it though. I like just wearing my tank top. It's the middle of the day. Why do I have to wear a reflective vest? <laughs> I mean, come on. It limits my movement in my arms. <laughs> also, why do people from Chino talk like people from New York? All construction workers <laughs> are from Jersey. We have a program <laughs> throughout the United <laughs> States. It's a union. You want to be you want to be union. You get an accent. You get the accent, and then you get the paid vacation time. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so Ryan and Marissa are chilling next to the pool that that Seth is absolutely tearing up with his skateboard, um, and it's kind of funny because it was like. It seemed a lot like in this this bit of dialogue in particular, they're they're obviously like getting to know each other. They're opening up to each other, but Ryan is basically describing his dog shit life that he's had <laughs> to Marissa, and Marissa's doing her best to like relate to him and just be like, "Oh, yeah. me too, me too." Ryan's basically like, "You know, my mom kicked me out and abandoned me," and then Marissa's like, "Yeah, my mom sucks too." <laughs> <laughs> she, i mean in, in all fairness her mom does suck like her mom right but it's like in is, a different way <laughs> in a different way sure but she's like very controlling and demeaning and just cruel to marissa um so not unfounded but also not it's 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 interesting because they find they find common ground despite being like s- several classes apart. It's kind of nice actually now that I think about it. Yeah, it and it it like it it shows similarity, but it also I feel like her character would do that. Her character would try to relate and would be like one time I know how it feels to be left by your mom. One time my mom left me at the mall for i don't know i was trying to think of a fancy store all i could think of was the mall <laughs> <laughs> Saks fifth avenue 
Bloomingdale's. I don't know. That sounds like a mall Belk. store. Is Belk still around? I don't think Marissa shops at Belk, Jay. No. My God. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know Is this Belk world. Nice? I don't either. But no, you're right. Like it's, it's that, it's that, and it's that feeling that like all teenagers have, where it's just like, oh, my parents suck. Nobody gets me, and they are obviously really into each other. So yeah, they're trying to relate. They're trying to, you know, find find some common ground and i get it um <laughs> and then ryan's like it's like yeah my dad's in jail he robbed a bank <laughs> or something and then marissa's like and then marissa kind of opens up about her dad's situation which she knows all about because she's the one like covering for him when those dudes in suits show up at the door so he's like yeah i think my dad's in like some financial trouble too she doesn't quite know what but yeah, she says her dad's in trouble. He hasn't been going to the office lately, and these guys keep coming to the door. Yeah, she does say that he is a financial planner, so that's like kind of confirming. We weren't. I don't think we were totally sure what Jimmy did for a living. We knew it was something to do with like finances or whatever. But he's a financial planner for right. Newport Beach, uh, the OC, um, and so she. She tells Ryan, she's like, I never told anybody that about my dad before. And then Ryan just says, I can keep a secret. Mm. Juicy. <laughs> Woo! Which will it's be a callback later. The... Oh, yeah. Yes. And it is. You're right. It is steamy. <laughs> Careful, Seth. It's getting a little steamy by the pool. <laughs> that pool's going to turn into a hot tub. <laughs> And the whole house will foreshadowing turn into Ooh, a hot, hot, hot house. Hot house. So then uh, this this nice moment that they're having gets kind of interrupted. Luke calls Marissa, right? And he's at, of course, Holly's party. Uh, Summer's Holly's birthday. And he's just kind of like, uh, where are you, babe? And so we get a, we, we cut to the party and Luke's friends are just like, comically goony like one-dimensional goon characters right there's little yeah. lackeys and he says a line i'm not sure exactly what is said i like watched it a couple times and i still couldn't figure it out because it well, just he says he goes hey babe where are you it's time to get your buzz on yeah it's all about getting wasted Which... with this guy I put, when has that ever been the goal of drinking? Like, just get a buzz. Let's get a buzz. Let's get a buzz. That's Especially like, if you're in high school. Yeah. You're you're, like, you're good. We're going to drink and get drunk. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just looking for like a nice little two beer buzz. I'm looking for, <laughs> I'm looking for shots Take of Everclear. Yeah. Uh, if I'm in high school. Now I'm like a buzz kind of guy. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I'm let's have guy. a few drinks and and call it a night. But no, you're right. This is high school. We're looking for a little more than a buzz. But he says, <laughs> so he says, I think his name's Marlon. He's like, Marlon's so faded, he can't even feel his feet. And then we see Marlon in the background. What a Luke's goons. And then Marlon yells out. <laughs> and there goes the left leg what 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 first of all first of all 
we've both we've both been very drunk. Correct. Sometimes together. <laughs> Have you ever lost feeling in your lower extremities because you've been so drunk? No. And if I you feel have, like Marlon, Marlon has like a circulation issue. I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I think Marlon should really stop drinking, <laughs> or he he might lose a foot. Marlon might be like pre-diabetic or something. I don't know. Yeah, Marlon, but, are you on like blood thinners? What's going on? <laughs> but the fact that like, and I'm always giving him the benefit of the doubt because I'm thinking like, this is what a stupid high schooler would might say i'm so drunk i can't feel my feet and there goes the left leg burp but it's not a symptom of being drunk and if you are really drunk it's not something you even notice like i can't feel my feet you're just like i'm the room is spinning and i'm gonna throw up right that was funny yeah but it was also very strange and poorly delivered because i just like watched it a few times i was just like what the fuck are they saying (laughs) this doesn't make any sense so then i feel uh, like they they gave marlin a few lines and that was the one that that was the one that stuck and i want to know what the other ones were yeah because i can't i i refuse to believe that was the best option (laughs) That feels like one of the, uh, like sometimes when you're on set, you'll you'll just kind of like you'll have something written, but then you'll try some new stuff. Like in the script, you're like, like instead of saying like Mar- say like Mar- Marlon's so wasted, he he can't like zip up his jacket or whatever. Like like let's just try a few of those, right? And then for some reason that was the best one. <laughs> like somebody yeah. just tossed that one out, and they were like, okay, I guess that's going in the cut. I don't know. It's the best we can get out of Marlin. Um, and then, so then Marissa's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on my way. Whatever. Like, I had to wrap a present. She's like, make some bullshit up. But Marissa, by the way, is like really sly. Like, she's really good at like covering her tracks and just like sneaking around and like keeping secrets and stuff like that. Like, you see that a lot in this episode. Like, she's like smart. Yeah. She's crafty. Well, way better than Seth um, is. Well, Seth. And like, Seth is terrible. But I think it it comes with, uh, you know, Marissa is clearly, you know, social and probably sneaks out and goes to parties and, you know, goes over to her boyfriend's house and stuff, where Seth never leaves the house. So when he is trying to sneak out, he's like, uh, duh, uh. <laughs> That's true, man. Uh, yeah, high school girls are like, are like the smartest, craftiest people because yeah, they have to do that. Like, like Ashley, my wife for the listeners who don't know who Ashley is, um, uh, Ashley like talks about, yeah, like when she was in high school, like all like her, like routine for sneaking out or if she would like, she's probably okay with me saying this. If she would like come home and she would like, if she like came home stoned or something, instead of like going to her room she would like um 
to like make a salad, like an elaborate salad in the kitchen to kind of like, to kind of be like, look, I'm fine. I'm just hungry. I'm just like making a, but then like, of course, if like you're high, you're going to like spend the next like hour making that salad and chopping every little, little piece of onion, like very delicately. So like, of course, like perfect salad, like the thought behind it is like, oh, I'm being super sneaky right now. Like mom has none the wiser. Like I'm just being a normal, a normal high schooler making a salad salad at two in the morning <laughs> but you know the way responsible grown-ups do and then her mom like looks at, gets one glance at her and she's just like fucking stoned man like you're not fooling anybody um but marissa actually is like super crafty and stuff i, I totally get that that checks out um yeah so so like they hang up the call and luke is like uh he kind of like whispers i love you to marissa he kind of like looks around the room and he's like i love you and then Marissa kind of like looks over at Ryan and kind of like tucks her chin into her chest and is like, I love you too. <laughs> like they're very like, they're very like shy about saying that they love each other. Yeah. Which makes you know, me think. You know, you're in love when you have to uh, force it out. Yes. Uh, it feels a, very forced. It feels very whisper. like, <laughs> yeah, they're both very uncomfortable saying it. But if you think about it, it's like, well, first of all, high schoolers are awkward about stuff like that so that makes sense but also you know luke as we saw in in last episode is cheating on marissa like he just like goes off with other girls and fools around or whatever so like Mm. he's not faithful to her but also marissa's building this this affection for ryan now so like she's not totally comfortable saying it especially in front of ryan like ryan's like you know 10 feet away from her while she's taking this call so it's like it's like it's just like further illustrating like you guys aren't gonna last like this is <laughs> this isn't meant to be marissa and luke but i mean that's obvious the show the whole show's about ryan and marissa yeah, so i think everyone watching is aware of that yeah and everybody's rooting for ryan and marissa like nobody likes luke at this point the guy's been nothing but a doucher yeah. uh so yeah they're both embarrassed to say it and then uh and then we cut to so then they go back to sit and chill and talking. There's there's one shot where, like, I couldn't help but know, like the whole time you're noticing like Misha Barton weighs seventy pounds, and you're just like, like that is that is not a healthy weight. But there's one shot in here where she's just kind of like hunched over, and she's like very gaunt and like skeletal, mm. and like you can see like her bones sticking out of her shoulders and stuff. And I'm just like oh my god somebody give this kid a cheeseburger like it, it's it, well she's eating she's eating french fries in the scene but she's chewing french fries she probably didn't didn't eat many french fries <laughs> in real life yeah it's yeah. kind of sad but i mean I, I mean i was a skinny kid when i was that age we established she was like 17 18 when she shot this but like I don't yeah. know. It just like it just it's a parental part of me where I'm just like feed this girl. What are you doing? It's yeah, it's what it's what two guys in their mid 30s watching this show now are like, "Oh, honey. Honey. Oh, you're beautiful no matter what." Yeah. Put some weight on your bones. And I know you I know your mom is Julie Cooper and she's done <laughs> nothing but belittle you your whole life and make you feel have a negative body image, but look, you don't have to be like that. You listen to punk now. Yeah. You're punk, you're angry. 
and then like her, Seth comes up. Seth Seth kind of enters the conversation now, and he's kind of talking about how, you know, like he's he's kind of real talking her. He's kind of talking about how she's you know never included him or anything, and how they've lived next door to each other forever, but they've never like hung out or anything like that. And he's he's being a little judgmental of her, sure, because he's just like, you think you're better than me, so you don't want to like have anything to do with me. But then Marissa kind of flips it, and she's like, you think you're better than me, Seth Cohen, like too cool for everybody, sort of thing, right? Uh, which was kind of an interesting well, twist. It's 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 kind of similar to her like unexpectedly being into these bands that Seth is into. Right, it's like they have more in common than they think, and the reason that mm-hmm. they, the reason that they have never connected, is because they have they both have the same misconceptions about each other, which is like, it's nice, yeah. Because once you get over that it's hump, a, once yeah. you communicate and establish Small that world, yeah. Now we can. Well, that was brought on because Ryan was like, "How long have?" Uh, after the phone call, Ryan was like, how long have you and Luke been together? And Marissa's like, uh, I don't know. And then Seth is like, I know since fifth grade. And he like has a whole story that goes with it. And then that's when she's like, what's your problem? Right. Right. And then, yes. And so that, that kind of launches him into this like whole, like, uh, you know, like you're, you're othering me and stuff like that. And then, um, uh, and then, yeah, Marissa says, like, you think you're so much cooler. And then uh, it's interesting, like, uh, <laughs> it? Seth says, like, uh, says, like I, I know I'm cooler than Luke because that guy shaves his chest or something like that. <laughs> shaves his chest. And then he, like, takes off on the skateboard. And, uh, and Marissa's like, well, he's on the water polo team. Like, that's, like, justified. That's why he shaves. It's practical. It's a practical shaving of the chest that he does. And then uh, Seth's like, yeah, I know. The whole team tried to, like, kill us <laughs> the other night at Holly's party. Right. And then they kind of, like, talk about the fight, which Marissa really doesn't care that Ryan punched her boyfriend. In fact, she's kind of, she seems kind of stoked that he did. She knows. She's aware that that Luke is a is a douche. She is, yeah. And and for somebody who's so smart, like her, she's she's a smart girl. Like I said, she's crafty. She's into punk. Is it just? Does she feel trapped in this in this social world? I guess. I mean, it's if it's all she's ever known. I think then then she's just yeah i don't think she knows that she has like other options of how she can be yeah it's just like i have to be i have to i have to wear expensive clothes and i have to be pretty and i have to be skinny and uh and also like yeah her mom is also constantly like putting that on her too breathing down her neck yeah i don't think she gets to be the like you know indoor kid like we got we got a little a little bit of that rebelliousness with the the cigarette in the cul-de-sac in episode mm-hmm. 1 and now yeah now this is like her character arc where she or like her journey her change where she's like 
she's not going to summer her best friend's birthday party instead she's you know hanging out with the the rough and tumble boy and the uh which is actually kind of shitty when you put it like that (laughs) like summer's her best friend yeah that's kind of weird huh (laughs) and she's like i'm gonna kind of lay the i'd rather lay the groundwork with this guy who i might hook up with at some point even though i have a boyfriend and have had this boyfriend since fifth grade Mm -hmm. i'm gonna blow off my best friend's birthday for for this although i think she was always intending on going to the party just later and it's still early you know in the evening it's not it's not like that ship has sailed or anything like it's still (laughs) what time did ryan this is all the same night what time did ryan go to bed he went to bed at (laughs) six o'clock the episode (laughs) (laughs) this is uh well it's summer so it's like long days so you know the sun's the sun's down around eight o'clock which is, I'm guessing, when he went to bed. He went to bed. As, yeah. He's like, that's where I come from. As soon as the sun goes down, you go to bed. Bedtime. Yep. Nothing good happens after the sun goes down. <laughs> yeah, you don't be caught on the streets of Chino after the sun goes down. Uh, when you were, when you were <clears throat> referencing the water polo team, that is just another sort of um, glimpse into this world that most people have no idea because... It, I, our school didn't have a water polo team. I didn't even know that that was like a thing you could do in high school. Yeah. And apparently I, I thought like it was something that in, was only in, in the Newport, Olympics. Those are the jocks. It's like not the football players. It's right. the water polo team. Right. Yeah. At least it's not the regular polo team where they like ride horses. <laughs> like water polo seems a little more accessible. Granted, you have to have like an Olympic sized swimming pool or whatever. Right. But I feel like for everybody to have horses, like that's a that's a little too upper class. <laughs> right. Even for the Although uh, Marissa's sister has a horse. Yes, which we will get to in a moment. We have a couple more scenes before uh Marissa's little sister's ridiculously large uh horse riding helmet. <laughs> <laughs> safety first i couldn't help but notice that it's like i feel like she's just a bit character that they put in silly costumes and they have her show up and say like one line (laughs) like the next episode she'll be in like a tutu and she'll be like daddy i need a ride to ballet class and that's it she's just always like crossing she's like a little julie cooper she's just always like crossing her arms and asking jimmy for money um so so then there's like so so then we go we're still with um our trio our heroes and we go back into the model home and they all have like flashlights i call this the flashlight scene and it's one of my favorite moments that i forgot about until i saw it happens in this scene so oh i hope it's the one that i wrote down i think it might be so marissa's on the phone with summer it's her birthday party and she's like coop where are you and seth's like is that summer and so th- this is an example of Seth not being creepy, of Seth actually being cute with his like crush that he has on Summer. So he could say, he, yeah, go. I was going to say, Marissa's phone rings. She answers it and says, hey, Summer. <laughs> and then Seth goes, is that Summer? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, Marissa kind of gives him a look like, 
I just said, hey, so <laughs> you fucking idiot. Um, and so, so Seth says, uh, hey, tell, tell Summer I said happy birthday. And then Marissa goes like, okay. And then she's like, hey, uh, Seth Cohen says happy birthday. And then we, we, see, we cut back to Summer and she's like, who? And then we cut back to Marissa and she looks at Seth and she goes, she said thanks. And then Seth's just like, yes! He like is like a fist pump and he like he like points at Ryan and then Ryan like shines his flashlight in his own face and he's like, oh! Like it is, it was one of my favorite moments because it's just like whenever Ryan like opens up and he gets to be a little goofy and a little fun, like, oh, that's just great because he, he's so stoic and statuesque like yeah. and like severe it's, the whole time. But like he, he yeah, has a little it's, it's moment so, of humanity. Like, in- inside of him and seth can bring it out every once in a while yeah it's just so fucking great when he does it's beautiful um yeah was that the moment you were talking about yes <laughs> yeah yeah i remember seeing that and i i like i watched it again because i was just like oh that's such a nice little nice little exchange it's just like two seconds of screen time but it just it just feels so good with these characters so, so here we get the call back. Um, so they're talking about like, you know, Seth's like, hey, I can come back tomorrow. I can bring you some supplies. And then Marissa's like, I'll come back too. We'll fix this place up. I'll bring some stuff too. And then um, Seth's like, okay, but we have to swear that we, we won't tell anybody about this because we could get into some serious trouble if people find out that, you know, Ryan ran away and that he's staying here and stuff. And then Marissa looks at ryan and she says i can keep a secret Ooh, boom daddy <laughs> that, marissa getting in on the callbacks and this is uh i wrote both both characters said i can keep a secret to each other but they said i can keep a secret about what i would say is appropriate things like she has a boyfriend yeah you know because he's like you told me about the stuff with your dad totally cool i can keep a secret and she's like i won't tell anybody that you're staying here because like we could all get in a lot of trouble i can keep a secret but the way that they look at each other when they say i can keep a secret has you thinking (laughs) oh it could mean a little bit more than that perhaps oh yeah well and we'll we'll see a little later in this episode that uh we'll see we'll see later in the episode we'll see (laughs) if they can keep a secret (laughs) we'll see what we see um i also noted that marissa definitely like bit her lower lip when she said that to ryan (laughs) i was like okay laying it on a little thick there But confirmed my suspicions, I would say. You saw the way you, uh, Ryan's hanging out in his tank top. Oh. Good, girls are biting their lower lip for that. Irresistible. I was biting my lower <laughs> lip. <laughs> Couldn't help myself. So it's the next morning. We open in the pool house. Obviously, it's empty because Ryan has escaped to the model home. Uh, Sandy comes in and he's just like, where the fuck is Ryan? But he doesn't quite say that. But, you know, you get the sense. Um, yeah. And then it looks like, it appears that Sandy calls the cops, right? Because then we go to we go to Seth's right. room. He's on the phone with Marissa. He's packing the bag for Ryan. 
he looks out the window and you see like cops in the driveway um you'll find out later that it might not have been sandy who called the cops not super Which, relevant at the time i was like where the fuck did sandy call the cops that seems like such an unsandy move yeah exactly he's a lawyer what does he want what does he want to involve the police they're like enemies <laughs> yeah lawyers and cops um so there's a there's this cute moment while while Seth's in his room talking to marissa he's like oh the cops are here and then uh she's like uh she's like oh no what do we do so it's like are you losing your nerve and she's like just get to the driveway oh that's cute they have a little nice little back and forth yeah seth is playing it real cool and then we will soon see that uh he uh is definitely one to crack under pressure well yeah (laughs) as would we but there's also at that age like as would we now while this is happening there's like a back and forth going between um, this scene in their cul-de-sac and Ryan like wakes up in the model home and it's daytime um, and you actually get to see like how big and like vast this mansion is because, you know, they're not, yeah, it's you, huge. you know, when, when we first got there, they were using flashlights and it actually, um, I felt like, and I don't know if they did this on purpose or not, but it was similar to the first episode, which like when Ryan does get to Newport for the first time, it is nighttime. Like, Mm. and he goes to sleep in the pool house. And when he wakes up and he walks out of the pool house for the first time in the first episode, he sees like the ocean and just like how the view from their, from their backyard. And so it was kind of a, it was kind of a neat thing that they did that again here where it was like, at night, this thing is pretty impressive, but at daytime, when the sun is out, you really get to see, like, the vastness and, like, how how fancy this place is where he's staying. Yeah. It's also interesting that he's constantly moving location to location at nighttime. He's always, like, yeah. <laughs> he's always, like sneaking around. Shrouded in secrecy. Yeah. But it is a way to, like, kind of have a nice reveal of, like... Oh, you're like kind of familiar with, you know, maybe like 20% of this location, but now we can really open it up with the daylight and give you a, a bigger sense of, uh, of what's going on. But yeah, <laughs> is it Ryan's whole like morning routine? Like I just do pull-ups for <laughs> half an hour. <laughs> I think they just like, the only shot of him is like, he's just like find some scaffolding in the middle of the living room and just starts like, <laughs> this'll do. Yeah. <laughs> in his muscle shirt. Just like, all right, yes. man. If you had to guess, how many pull-ups do you think Ryan does first thing in the morning? I think Ryan does... Like, if Ryan doesn't do 20 pull-ups in one session, then, like, he just goes back to bed. He's just like, today wasn't worth it. (laughs) The day is ruined. The day is off. It's not happening. (laughs) So, yeah. so, So, Seth's like, I'll deal with Johnny Law being all... Trying to be all cool. And then, uh... And then... You know, he goes downstairs and of course, you know, Sandy's like, do you know where Ryan is? Like, you need to talk to the police right now. And, uh, and so it's like being a real smart aleck to these cops, which is oh, yeah. like not the best move, but he doesn't know any better. 
I think that's like his his go to defense is like be be a be a be a wise cracking guy. Sure, yeah, because he's uh wait what did do you remember what he said when the cop was he said he went to he went to Mexico Mexico for cockfights. Yes, (laughs) he brings that up to. To Ryan too, I think later he's just like, I told him you were in Mexico, like doing illegal cockfighting. <laughs> yeah, like, he cool, runs dude. it by Ryan to be like, that was pretty funny, right? <laughs> that was a good one, huh? I'm a cool guy too, right? Like, I don't get along with authority. I listen to the cramps <laughs> and the Sex Pistols, like Marissa you know, Cooper. Uh, punk. So, so then yeah, like Sandy's Sandy put putting Seth in line. He's just like, dude, you like tell the cops the truth this is serious and he's just like it's kind of it's kind of sad and it's kind of sweet but it's also like kind of for not because obviously he's still hanging out with ryan he's like he's like i don't know where he went i never knew the guy i never got the chance to it's like little little dig into kirsten a little dig into sandy for making oh, this and you know they do ryan. they do a cut right to kirsten yeah hearing that and just like kind of looking off in the distance oh like, yeah ah, man just like right right in my heart with that one um and then we go to uh marissa's house as she's like they, they have these blockers like they're just trying to like yeah! get out of their houses seth has to deal with cops and then marissa comes downstairs and lo and behold her favorite boyfriend luke is uh finishing breakfast <laughs> that Julie Cooper had made for him? I wondered about that. It was, I guess, it was just like Julie was already making breakfast because it's like pancakes. Like, I yeah. guess she just made a bunch of pancakes, and then Luke showed up and started eating them. <laughs> Did you get the sense that like? Maybe maybe I just have kind of like tunnel vision from the last episode when Ryan was at the fashion show and all these older women were like just like falling all over him. But did you get a feeling that like Julie Cooper was kind of into Luke? They don't really have any dialogue with each other, but like I feel like there's a look or something maybe. Here's the thing. And obviously you have forgotten this. Uh they fucking hook up a little later on oh in season my God. one. Okay. Suspicions confirmed then. I don't yeah. know if they necessarily. So I think this is just, although I think right now, like in, in at this moment in episode two, I think uh, Julie just loves Luke because in her mind, and she says it like throughout the first, you know, five or six episodes is just like, Luke is perfect for Marissa. They've been together forever. Yeah. His family is is rich. She's the ideal so match. If she stays with him, you know, she doesn't have to worry about money and like so I think it's just like she she loves Luke because you know, that's her daughter's boyfriend or whatever. And he's like status quo. He's like you know, yeah, he's he's from this the affluent neighborhood. He's like Blonde-haired, blue-eyed, fucking water polo jock. Yeah, he's he's what Julie wants for her daughter because it fits. Yeah. It fits into this mold, this fucking bubble, man. <laughs> but in, uh, yeah, I think it's like, I don't remember the episode number, but at a certain point, uh, they totally hook up and Night Moves by Bob Seger is playing in the background. Oh, shit. And that's like... Uh, 
That's like Julie's like song, right? <laughs> she loves Bob Seger. Loves Bob Seger. Oh man, this show's so much fun. I can't wait. To, <laughs> I can't wait to get like really deep into this uh, these characters and stuff. Yeah, I'm trying not uh, to. I'm not trying not to get too far ahead. But you find out that Julie Cooper isn't so different from Ryan as far as oh her background. Up. Yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Twist and turns. Yeah, we'll get to it, but we'll uh, get to it. this this podcast should just be called "We'll Get to It" because <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep like jumping ahead to parts, but it's like no, 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 no. no, no, no. You'll get stay we'll on get track. To it. Stay on track. Um, so then we cut to we're still in Marissa's house, but we're we're over in Jimmy's home office now, right? Uh, he's he's like wearing a robe. There's like papers scattered all over his desk. He's looking all like disheveled. He's uh he's in a bad place right now. And um Julie, you know, walks in and, and she's like, Hey, I need the check for do you remember the the younger daughter's name? I can't remember it. Caitlin. Caitlin. I need the check for Caitlin's horse riding lessons, like they were due last week and like we have to pay them because she needs horse riding lessons. Jimmy's kinda like, you can t- you know, we know at this point. He's like freaking out about his money situation what it's it's horse it's like horseback riding lessons and also like stable fees because oh they own a horse that's right they own they of course she's not gonna ride somebody else's <laughs> horse this is caitlin cooper we're talking about yeah it's newport beach royalty uh, i'm trying to remember do you remember the horse's name they say it do they say it? I, I feel like i should have written that down but i i do not you got it? No, but mm. I want to... Uh, you keep it's probably, talking, I'm going to see It's if I not can. a... It can't be like an a, an incredible horse name. Horses have ridiculous names, I, but... I think it might be China, but I might be totally wrong. But I'm going to okay. look it up. That's not, a, that's not a wild... You know, like... Uh, some horses' names are shit like, you know, like... What, like uh like my my other like shoe is buttercup. a like yeah like are they're like sentences they're like <laughs> they're like he's the fastest oh, in the like world race horses yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's probably something like buttercup or china we don't Do need you know to spend who, too much um, time figuring out the horse's name okay i didn't i didn't find out the horse's name but i did find out because the the actor who plays her in season one and two is different from the actor who plays her in season three and four. The actor who plays her in season one and two is Shailene Woodley no. of the, of the uh, Divergent? Divergent movies. And, <laughs> Why uh, are we both saying Divergent? She's been in like so much better. It's like Big Little Lies. Like <laughs> She's like Big Little Lies. So much better than Divergent. But, um, but yes, I did not know that. That's incredible. I have to go back and watch it because I didn't even notice that. I didn't make that connection yeah. when I saw her. All I she's noticed a, was that big ass, dumbass yeah. horse riding helmet she was wearing. <laughs> it is like comic. And her large. pony, and her pony was named China. I was right. Well done, man. All right, cool. We don't have to cut all that out. That stays in because <laughs> we were right all along. <laughs> so. Julie walks in to Jimmy's office. He's having a bad time. She's like, give me money. And Jimmy's like, 
does she even need a horse? I mean, she's just going to be tired of it in a month. You know, he's just freaking out about all the money, all the expenses that they are, they are, have every day with these people. Yeah. And, um, and so Julie's like, he's like, he tries to open up to his wife, right? This is this, the, the mother of his children. And they've been together a long time, even though he's still obviously in love with Kirsten still. Um, and he tries to open up to her. He tries to say like, hey, he tries to say, talk about the financial situation, which is just like, hey, Julie, look, I got to, we got to talk about this, this money thing. Cause it's a problem. Like I have a problem. And she's just like, comes right back with like, I'm sure you'll fix it. Give me the money. Yeah. Like she's like, I don't care. Like you'll figure it out. It's, it's, it's really icky. And it's like, it's a real bummer. Cause like, Jimmy, the only person Jimmy kind of has in his corner right now is Kirsten. Here's what I, what I was getting from this scene is like, yeah, like he was trying to explain it to Julie without really explaining it. Yeah. He still has too much pride to just like come out with it, but he was trying to communicate. And she also basically is like, I don't really want to hear it, but like, I do feel like from this scene and from like most of like, most of the scenes um, that we've seen so far is like, it would be really easy to make those two seem like they're not in love anymore, but they're just like, like he, he clearly does have the thing for Kirsten that he's had since high school, whatever. But I do feel like he does love Julie a little bit. Like he's never just like my fucking wife. That's true. I hate her guts. Like, she he he does seem to like obviously like and it's to the point where he has spent all his money trying to make her and his children happy mm-hmm. and like yeah. but it, it it it's it it makes that character i guess a little more likable that he more sympathetic at he, the very he, least yeah yeah for sure because yeah he's he it shows that he's that he's human that he's that he's not like a bad guy with bad intentions. Like you're like on paper, you look at this guy and you're like, he's fucking people out of a bunch of money. And he's in love with the like, like literally girl next door. Uh, Like they both have their own families now. And like, it, it doesn't look good when you look at it on that level. But when you dig a little, and this is how, again, how they uh, do a good job developing the, I wouldn't say they're secondary characters. It's still an ensemble cast, but like not our heroes, not our like main trio at this point there, but they're fleshing out these other characters that they've established in the pilot around them. And and they're doing so in like yeah. a really, it feels like a natural way. It doesn't feel like too, too quick or anything uh, with the character development. So, so, so he, you know, cr- of course, writes Julie the check <laughs> for the horse riding lessons. Yeah. After little Shailene Woodley walks in in her in her fun fun outfit for this episode. That's that's so crazy that that's her. I know it is. <laughs> I got to go back and watch it because I literally had no idea. I was like, oh, it's just a little girl. Um, well, at a certain point, we will um, do a list of uh, the most famous people to come out of this show. And I have a few in mind and I know oh, you do too. One in particular. Yeah. She was not on my list. No, 
Didn't she's even know. She's going to be now. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting that they recast her after. And granted, like, she never gets, like, a ton of screen time or even, like, character development or she, anything. She does in season four. I think they needed to grow her up a little bit. Yeah. Just she's just a little kid. We'll get to it. Right. But it's, like, to do that switch, like, after what you said, two seasons, they recast her? Yeah. Like that, I mean, for for a show to do that, it's like, like that's kind of a bold move, right? I think I think what they did, and uh, in the, I'm trying to like pull from my memories, but I think in season one, it's Shailene Woodley, and then I think she goes off to like boarding school or something ah, for season two, and then she ages and then she comes up back several years, and she, yeah, and she's a and she's an older uh, okay. actor. That's too bad that they didn't have Shailene still at that point because she's a great actor. And like yeah. if you're giving her more screen time and more lines, like might as well be, <laughs> you know, this fantastic young actor. But eh. and she was the lead in Divergent, Mitchell. Come on. She was Divergent. <laughs> the titular Divergent. Um, so then we go back. What was her character's name? Yeah. Right? I'm Divergent. I'm Divergent. Hi, Divergent. <laughs> I'm there was like a guy named like seven or two like he was named some number in that movie it was four Mitchell pardon me I thought it was just Thor but with a speech impediment speech impediment I'm the god of Fondo four my name is four god of Fondo <laughs> I want to be the god of Fondor yeah <laughs> Um, so then we go back to, uh, Luke and Marissa, right? Luke's finishing his pancakes and, um, and Marissa's, Marissa's like, I got to ditch this guy because we got to go. I got to go hang out with my new boyfriend, Ryan. Again, good at being sneaky. Super sly, right? Like on the spot, she like comes back and she's just like talking about like, oh, I had this like appointment with this like, uh. This I had to get like a wax or something like some some spa appointment today, and she's like going I wanted, through. I think Suki. Yeah, she was like Suki's it's the amazing. best. It doesn't like, even hurt. Yeah, when she waxes it, and you know Luke's got some chest hair that needs needs to come off, and uh, she shaves it. Yeah, and so she's like, because she's so smart, because she's like reading him, and she's like, "What's the last thing this guy would want to do right now?" Because he had this plan to like, "Oh, we'll go out on my dad's boat, and we'll like get lunch, and blah blah blah." And she's just like, "Oh, like I appreciate the surprise." Instead of just being, you know, instead of just dismissing him, she's just like, "No, you should come with me. I've got an appointment. We can get wax. We can get facials. We can get a manicure. Like it's gonna be great." And Luke's just like, "Uh, I'll just catch up with you later." I'm not doing any of that stuff, which foolish, because if you've never gotten a mani-pedi, it's fantastic. I've got, yeah, I've got, I've gotten a few with Ashley and like her mom and stuff. And it is just, is just a delightful experience. You never realize how like fucked up your nails are until they look good. It's like, look at them now. There's a bunch (laughs) of dirt. They're all like mangled with like how I cut them and stuff. Yeah, it's a nightmare. But if you were if you were like a seventeen year old dude, exactly, like macho dude, yeah, you wouldn't be caught dead doing that. Yeah, uh, one who throws out homophobic slurs left and right, like 
Yeah, he's he's there's toxic. A, there's another one in this episode that he that he throws out, but oh, we'll yeah. get to we'll it. get to that 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 scene, man. Woo! Can't wait. Hang on, <laughs> hang on to your pants, guys. It's ramping um, up. He does say, "I'll just catch up with you later," and he goes, "Holly's," and he looks around and goes, "Holly's having a thing tonight." Yeah, and it's like, of course she is. She's having is a it thing. a night? Because every apparently night. every night this yeah. happens. <laughs> it should just be assumed. Like you should. You should make an announcement when Holly's not having a thing. Like, yeah, the, the normal is Holly having a thing. Because you're right. It's <laughs> all the time. It's nonstop party. Like, like, did, does she even, oh God, she doesn't even have like a day to sober up. Like they were just partying last night. Which is also oh, weird that how do like, these kids do it? she, Marissa did go to the party after she left yeah. the the model house um and at no point did Luke say like hey I'll see you tomorrow cuz we're going yeah on my dad's boat like it was just or did she just totally forget like got drunk and just totally forgot it that might be what happened actually who's to say with Marissa yeah <laughs> she does um get blackout drunk off of two th- uh thimbles full <laughs> of seagrams little... yeah that's all it takes um she's probably drinking yeah, green holly's, so holly's grandma died uh oh no so is she not having a party tonight oh no she is yeah but it's like wear your black bikini you know <laughs> be respectful <laughs> and when we do cocaine we do it for nana <laughs> This line's for Nana. <laughs> oh, man. I think I can talk to her now. I'm just kidding. Cocaine doesn't do that. I know I know what drugs do, guys. I'm cool. <laughs> you can commune with the dead, right? If you do enough cocaine. You probably think you can. Or you'll just talk to what you think is a ghost. Because all you want to do is people, people to listen. I should have done cocaine before this podcast. So I wouldn't be so self-conscious. <laughs> Just kidding. Cocaine's bad. As someone who's never done cocaine, it's because I don't want the dead to talk to me. That's a reasonable reason. (laughs) Okay, so we go back. (laughs) We get back to the model house finally. Um, And, uh, you know, Seth and Marissa are going through like what they brought for for Ryan. Like, here's the supplies we got. And Seth, obviously, we got like a tent set up. Ryan to camp out inside a house because you need a tent even though you're inside for some reason whatever um Seth brought a like putting game like one of those little greens you put on the floor and you can like put a ball into a hole very fun Marissa but he's really bad at he is terrible at and we'll get we'll get to that in a second Uh, and he's like okay so he brings this bullshit that you don't really need and he's like criticizing Marissa for bringing practical like like something to bathe with something like fucking toilet paper <laughs> well actually when yeah. she pulls the toilet paper out seth and ryan are both like okay that's a good call <laughs> like i didn't think of that one um and then uh yeah seth's just like they're just kind of like hanging out in this mansion seth's playing the putting game he fucking shanks a ball like into the other room like he hit it <laughs> way too hard and if you look at they do a close-up of the shot as soon as he hits it it's going way off the green like he turned 90 degrees and hit the ball <laughs> like it is like embarrassing he's awful 
He's awful at this. Great, great skateboarder, bad golfer. That's Seth for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so it's so. But this is again. This is the the writers finding an excuse to kind of shoo Seth away, so Marissa and Ryan can have, you know, a, a moment together. So Ryan or Seth, uh, or maybe Seth is such a good friend, dude. Maybe he's a great golfer, but he was like, these two need some alone time. I want to give them some alone time, dude. Yeah, <laughs> what a bro. What a bro. I I want to believe that is true. Yeah. Even though it's even though I think at some point. Later in the episode, Seth is like, hey, what's going on between you and Marissa? Like, he's just now picking up on it. I'm like, dude, they've been <laughs> eye-fucking each other from day one. Like, get it together. Come, yeah, come on, Seth. Uh, so, Seth goes into the other room to retrieve the ball that he absolutely obliterated. Um, and then Marissa comes over to Ryan, who's chilling in the tent, and gives him the Model Home Mix CD. I wrote down, remember, I, like, last episode, we said that a, like, timestamp of, like, when when this world was happening was, uh, like, the girls on talking on their cell phones at the party instead of texting. Right. To me, this episode, this was the timestamp of, like... The mix CD? She made him a mix CD, and she made him, like... Uh, like an like insert. an album artwork, yeah. like a like a she printed something out that says the model home mix. Oh, she didn't man. just write it with a sharpie. She likes them. Oh, dude, she's going like, into you don't just Photoshop. Yeah, and... you're not just yeah, you're not just like writing out like model home mix. Yeah, like she, she, I bet there's a track list on the inside. Oh, you know there's a track list and like the the the, the running time of each song and the artist <laughs> liner notes. <laughs> And like a little poem she wrote for him, probably. What do you think is the, we know one song at least that's on it because it plays later. Yeah. What do you think is the first track on the Model Home Mix? You know what I hope it is? (laughs) Something punk. Ooh, what you say? (laughs) (laughs) The ultimate foreshadowing. (laughs) What if? What if? Oh man, that moment, that was like, that was a big cultural moment when, oh oh, man, we can't, I can't even, we can't even talk about that right now because that's such a big thing and everybody probably knows what we're talking about already because the nation was obsessed with that for a second, but that was, that was a huge deal, but we're on episode two. This is, we'll get to that. We'll get to that, which is the name of our podcast now. (laughs) Um, so yeah, she gives him the, the model home mix with the beautiful, beautifully designed cover. Um, and then Ryan's like, Hey, did you bring me any food? And they're like, ah, shit, we didn't think about food. (laughs) (laughs) So then you get a nice little, there's no dialogue. It's just like over music. Um, and it's just like a cute little scene where they're all like, going to the the boardwalk to like get some fish and chips or whatever right it's a cute little scene but the first shot of it is like establishing that they're on the boardwalk and ryan's on his bike and seth's on his skateboard and marissa is skipping behind them yeah (laughs) well it's really funny because like i put it to you put it together like when you when you watch it kind of but they if they had a little insert shot where like 
Okay. So Marissa's like, yes, she is <laughs> she is running to keep up with them on their wheels. Yeah. And and then it cuts to um Marissa on the the foot pegs of Ryan's bike, like riding like arms around his shoulders. Super cute from the intro title sequence. And Yeah, that's great. That's a cute cute yeah. little thing obviously ryan like saw that she was struggling to keep up stopped turned around said hey hop on the back if they had just had like a little insert shot between those two it would have like made a lot more sense i think uh to the audience but like they didn't have that and they just cut to that for a second you're just thinking about her like running to keep up with them and you're just like oh that poor that poor 70 pound girl <laughs> She's so frail. Like if a strong wind comes, she'll just get blown away. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so so yeah, she's riding on the back of Ryan's bicycle. It's super cute. They're best friends. They're having fun. And then we go to uh, we go back to the Cohen residence, and Sandy is still looking for. He's like calling hospitals to see if like ryan has been admitted or anything he's just he's worried about the kid right i'm starting to get the impression that he didn't call the cops which he didn't because i think in this scene we find out that kirsten did (laughs) kirsten did yes yeah he does say like you shouldn't have called the cops earlier kid like ryan he'll just slip through the cracks exactly exactly and and uh and so kirsten says to sandy she's like what is it about this kid that like makes you like reach out to him so much and like care about him so much like you you have hundreds of cases like this like what is it about this kid and sandy says i was this kid and i wanted to help him because someone helped me and again it's just that that cyclical thing is why sandy's so awesome he was just like i came from from terrible means and somebody like mentored me and helped me get here, helped me get to where I am. And so he feels like a responsibility to kind of like pay that forward to some other kid and be that for some other kid. And and he, he sees he sees himself in Ryan. So he like picks Ryan as like, this is the, the kid I'm, I'm going to help out. It's great. Sandy's the best. I, I, I had to take a deep sigh after after he delivered those lines because otherwise i was gonna get emotional but it's like i feel like most episodes have a sandy scene where you're just like oh yeah he's the fucking best and like this is that scene such a big heart like and he's like he's like doesn't just have a big heart but he like takes action like he does he's not all talk man he just like he's out there he's helping people he's doing everything he can and yeah, you're right. This was this was that scene where I was just like, "Man, I know, I know you said it literally in the last episode, but he just delivers that so well." And you get you you he does add that someone helped him out. Like he never he's never said that in the pilot, but he you you get a better sense of like this is what's motivating him to do this, and it's great. I love him. Um, and I then love him. I love him. And then Kirsten gets a phone call. And when her, when she like looks at the caller ID on her cell, she kind of like jumps and she's kind of like, oh. it's kind of like how Marissa looked when Luke called her. Am I right? Am I right? You, my friend are a hundred percent right <laughs> because it's Jimmy. 
I would even call this a visual callback. Mm, visual callback. That's what this show is so good at. It's those callbacks. <laughs> so Kirsten kind of like sneaks out of the house <laughs> to get away from Sandy so she can talk to Jimmy. The way you do when you get a phone call. Like, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> She's like, ooh, I got to take this uh, in a place where you can't hear me. Which is like, also, yeah, it's kind of weird. not suspicious at all, Kiki. Because, yeah, like, I mean, like, there's nothing like fishy going on between them. Like, they've had some talk, but, you know, Kirsten showed concern for him, and she was like, hey, you can tell me if something's wrong. And Jimmy was like, no, no, everything's fine. So, it's like, you have Mm -hmm. no, she has no real reason to be so sneaky about it, other than the fact that she's just, like, fully aware that Jimmy is in love with her still. She has to be. So, she takes the call. It's Jimmy. Hey, what's up, Jimmy? Jimmy's like, uh, hey, um... Can, can we meet for lunch? <laughs> I need to. I need to talk to you about something, right? And of course, Kirsten's like, "Yeah, sure. You're like my old friend. Of course, yeah. Let's let's do lunch." And then um, I thought it was funny. There's like one more little moment in Jimmy's office where Julie comes in and she says like that their dog has alopecia. No, it's the horse. It's China. Oh, it's, the, oh, it's China the horse. Okay. I don't. She said, "Call the vet." And I, for some reason, I went to dog because, like, who has a horse vet? Of course, the Coopers do. <laughs> but, okay. So chi- this fucking I'm horse. Gonna, I'm going to go ahead and venture a guess that horse vets are not cheap. Oh no, sir! <laughs> but this fucking horse that is just bleeding Jimmy dry <laughs> now has alopecia, so it's of course going to cost more money. So they go plan to meet for lunch. Okay, cool, whatever. Uh, we go to back to the boardwalk. They're at like a, a pancake house. Now they're eating breakfast. They're eating pancakes. And uh, Marissa being like another attempt to to uh, like make her character super cool, which is just like I, I feel like it was. And it, it, I don't know why it bugs me so much whenever like network TV shows try to like be like hey this is what band is cool and this is what book is cool but she she mentions like hey this is like on the road my favorite book by jack kerouac and then Seth's like it's my favorite book too like he's like begrudgingly like man you're cool but i don't want to believe it because you're like the opposite of me or whatever but it's just like (laughs) (laughs) i know exactly because like the oc was an exception for me where like if I was watching another show and like a band that I liked got brought up, I'd be like, Oh no, that's Mm. my secret special band and no one else can know about them. Right. You want to be protective of that stuff. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) they're planning like their next move, I guess, or or no, no, this is Ryan says he has a, like a connection in Austin. Yeah, like, like one he of can his work construction in Austin. Yeah, one of his mom's old boyfriends. Right. Who I guess like didn't beat him up. Like AJ. <laughs> oh, was like, the, like the one. one. The one who was kind of decent. He was still probably an asshole, but because he didn't physically hit Ryan, Ryan was like, you know what? He's okay. Yeah, exactly. Um, so Ryan's like, yeah, like get some. That was interesting how Ryan's so like savvy with like how to like travel the country and stuff, even though he's just lived in Chino. I mean, granted, 
he's had a rough life but he's like gotta get some travel money together i don't know maybe buy a bus ticket like he's already like kind of like planning scheming it out in his head it's like what to do which you seth know about goes, being on the land we were thinking we were thinking long beach as if seth and marissa have had a conversation like yeah and we're, while ryan like, was in the bathroom when did this happen <laughs> He was like, well, you, you know, you couldn't hear us, but I was riding my skateboard while you were on the bike, and then Marissa and I were talking to each other, but... <laughs> Marissa's running. Marissa's running <laughs> next like, to us. Maybe Long Beach. And so it's just like pushing as hard as he can on his skateboard, so she'll like really have to sprint <laughs> to keep up with him. She's like, yeah, Long Beach could work. Like, we could still hang out. That's not too far. <laughs> but yeah they, they of course want ryan to stay because he's seth's best friend and marissa's new love interest but but ryan's just thinking like realistically like i can get work in austin and i can kind of like disappear in austin like they're gonna be looking for me here and i got nothing i got nothing here but you guys and you guys are cool but like i gotta i gotta be real about this so he's like so he's like, yeah, Austin and, and Seth and Marissa are a little bit bummed about that. And then uh, who walks into the very same Pancake's house but fucking Luke and his Goonie fucking goons. Luke. <laughs> did, did Luke, was Luke planning on eating more pancakes? Because <laughs> we, he already we ate saw breakfast. Him, like two scenes ago, yeah. eat a couple pancakes. How many pancakes does this guy need? Oh man, there is no limit. He's got to get fit for the <laughs> the water polo season. Got to carbo load. Got to carb up. Carb up. <laughs> I did make a note that him and his friends walk in, and they all like punch the door open. Oh yeah, like the way that. The way that only asshole characters would do. Yeah. (laughs) And they like slap a drink out of somebody's hand. And then one of them laughs like. (laughs) Good one, Luke. (laughs) I still can't feel my leg. (laughs) (laughs) I'm still so wasted from last night. (laughs) Two nights ago. Where are we? Um, so, so this is another, another, yet another example of Marissa just being the brains of the operation, just being like, you guys go out the back door, I'll distract him. And she, of course, like comes up and she's just like, oh my God, what are you doing here? And she like sits with him, just like master of deception. And then, uh, you know, Seth grabs a skateboard up and then he and Ryan attempt to go out the back door and they get stopped like they're there they're like at the back door and some like uh manager like pokes her head out and she's just like hey you gotta go out the front door and so they're just like okay "Okay." this one feels this one feels a little half-assed but it's time for uh what would mitchell do Mm. in this situation of course i would you're so close to the back door you're so close to the back door but Ryan's just I would I would do what Ryan did throw your hood up and just kind of keep your head down and just kind of I don't know I I might have yeah just you just go for it you just like look for like peek your head around the corner wait till Marissa really has Luke's attention and then just kind of just like walk out as quickly as you can get on your bike and roll away it's all you can do I'm not gonna sprint for the back door what if there's a fire alarm what well, if you... it goes off? Oh, but it's so loud, it's going to disrupt everybody's meal. 
That place didn't look like it had a fire alarm. Like that door in particular. Back door. Yeah, I feel like you have to have some sort of signage to say like alarm will sound if you go out of here. That door did not have that. Yeah. Yeah. If I were Ryan, I would have just been like, fuck it. I'm going out the back door. But they didn't do that. They were good little boys. And they turned yeah. turned around. Ryan threw his hood up. And they attempt to go out the front door sneakily. Ryan's Ryan's fine. Ryan's like at the door. Ryan's home free. Ryan's home free. Seth fucking like runs into a bus boy. And it was like a hard collision. Or the bus boy ran into to seth it was kind of when you watch it it's kind of hard to see who fucked up there but there is a there is a loud collision you know got one of those like bin things that's full of dishes and stuff so it's that's all shattering and rattling around full of the loudest dishes in the world Planet Earth. dude <laughs> dishes are so loud <laughs> i like whenever i'm like doing the dishes and it's like late or something or early or whatever and i'm trying to like put them away there's no way to do that quietly like, like yeah. you just like gently set one plate on top of another and it's just like Bang! it's just the yeah. loudest fucking shit ever so i get it um but of course that draws <laughs> luke's attention when seth does that and then he is just like, what are you doing here at this public establishment where you can eat food? And Seth, of course, Seth goes to this place where he's just very reserved. He's just kind of like, oh, hey, Luke, what's, it going? what's going on? He's just very oh, like. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Seth says first he like they make eye contact. He makes eye contact with Luke and he's like, oh, hey. Hey Luke, you guys eat here? Yeah, the food's real good. Like real fumbling over his lines, yeah. and then Luke, another uh, homophobic slur, right just out the throws gate, it at him. Boom. And I wanted to, I was trying to think because this is like later on down the road in season one, but uh, spo- spoiler alert, I don't. Uh, the show came out in two thousand and three, but Luke's dad is gay. Yeah, like Luke finds out that his dad is gay. Do you think that they? We're like, we're going to have Luke say some homophobic slurs in the first couple episodes. Or do you think that they were just like, this is what an asshole would do? Like, he yeah, would just. I think it was that. And maybe, maybe they, maybe they wrote his dad's kind of like, um, sexuality story arc thing as a way to, um, kind of like retroactively like make luke more because they they shift luke's character right they, he goes from kind of being the villain to being the lovable puppy dog character right basically uh, from the episode where he finds out his dad is gay right yeah all the water polo people kind of turn on him yeah after that. true true so it seems like a little more forgiving of and i mean of course it's like uh, completely unacceptable for him to be such an asshole but it it seems like um maybe that's a way to kind of like have him be a little more sympathetic so that you aren't just like beleaguering his uh shortcomings from 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 previous episodes because that happens this season right he has that turn in season one yeah yeah cool yeah i've i've gotten to those episodes ah <laughs> it's 
but it was so, yeah, also man like just around the corner you just have to deal with luke being the worst human yeah. for a few more episodes and, and then and it <laughs> starts to kind of yeah. come around it sucks to say this but you know in 2003 when this came out like that's fucking that's how high school boys talked man and it probably still is i don't i have no idea i would hope they would be a little more uh, uh respectful <laughs> these days or right. or not so uh prejudiced or but um but that's yeah in, in 03 especially douchebag high school kids like yeah they threw that word around all the time and worse yeah. words that wasn't he didn't even say the worst word <laughs> no <laughs> he could have but you know this is a family show so you can't get too bad but yeah it's, it's oh yeah what <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so so luke you know homophobic towards seth and then ryan's like ryan's like pretty much out the door but then of course like sees that seth's in trouble as he often is comes back to his rescue because still has the hood up right and then yep. uh and then Luke says, uh, aren't you a little far from eight mile? And like, kind of like throws the hood <laughs> off of Ryan. I was like, damn, this guy sucks. <laughs> I didn't realize how old eight worst. mile was though. Like it came out before this show and this show came out so long ago. But yeah, I think it came out probably like a year before this show. Maybe it was. It was somewhere around there. But yeah, it was definitely like when we were in high school. Yeah. The show had the finger on the pulse, man. Jack Kerouac on the road. <laughs> the Clash. The Sex Pistols. Eight Mile. Eight Mile. They're dropping <laughs> relevant shit. Um, and, then, and then Ryan has the best line ever. He just looks at Luke and he says... You know what I like about rich kids? He's going to fake them out right here. And then Luke's kind of like, oh, what? And Ryan just fucking decks him. Boom. Mm. How many times is Luke going to get punched out by Ryan? Even This punch was even better than the one by the bonfire. I agree. Like, he like, Luke like fell into the it, table. It had the nice, uh, it had the nice like, line, the like witty line before and after. Oh, yeah. He says, so... To finish it, he says, you know what I like about rich kids? Boom, punches him. Nothing. And then he dips out. Oh, it was so good. It was so good <laughs> that in the next scene... Wait, is it the next scene? Yes, the model home later. Um, <laughs> Seth opens the scene by saying, by reciting that line. You know what I like about rich kids? Boom, nothing. Boom, Dude, that was nothing. so cool. Which, to be honest, is what I would say too. If if I were Seth, I would be like, "Holy shit, that was fucking Batman level badassery yeah. right there, dude." Especially for a guy who's not really known for his uh, witticism. Yeah, like you would think Ryan would just be like, "I'm gonna punch you," and then he would punch the guy. No, he he'd be like, "I punched you." He got Luke's guard down with that kind of like laughy, jokey. You know what I like about rich kids? 
it kind of felt like he was just gonna like drop a punchline and then like maybe we'd have a little back and forth and then um and then we would fight but you know what i like about rich kids they eat so many pancakes (laughs) and everyone's like they just eat pancakes all day (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) fucking mic drop ryan got him well no then we yeah so they they retreat to the model home um seth does the quote which i love um and then uh oh and then uh don't don't so marissa shows up right she kind of comes back and um kirsten and jimmy i guess they had their lunch date but now jimmy's like i can't even talk about this at lunch we have to go somewhere that nobody will be somewhere completely private so kirsten's like oh let's go to the model home that like will never be finished and we'll just sit there empty forever so they walk into this place where ryan's fucking camping out which is excellent script writing because now you have perfect now you have ryan seth and marissa seth's mom ryan's like soon to be surrogate mom and marissa's dad uh and they're eavesdropping on them because of course they don't want to be caught here but of course they're going to listen to what they're saying because they're having like a super secret conversation and so, you know, it's just, of course, it's Jimmy just being like, uh, I got money problems. <laughs> and then Kirsten's just like, how much do you need? Jimmy's like, it's too, it's too much. I, I can't, I, I can't, I don't even know. I don't even know why I called you. I don't even know what we're doing here. I don't even know why we had lunch. I can't, it's too much. And she's just like, dude, quit fucking beating around the bush. How much is it? And Jimmy's like, it's $100,000. One hundred thousand dollars. One hundred thousand dollars, <laughs> which is a lot of money, but in two thousand three money, so much money. I repeat, this guy was so bad at his job. He lost one hundred thousand dollars. Woof, which was Ugh. probably just like a few bad investments. But I mean, come on, Jimmy. That is unacceptable. And Kirsten doesn't hesitate. She's just like, I'll have it transferred to you tonight. She's just like, she's all business. She's not even like super like sweet or sympathetic or anything. She's just at that point, she's just kind of like, you'll get, you'll have the money in your account by tomorrow. (laughs) Like she's just very, almost like robotic about it. It it felt like a, yeah, like a business. She was treating like a business transaction of like, I'm going to help you. Of course, I'm going to help you. You're my oldest friend. Yeah. But I'm just doing it because we're friends. Right. Don't, don't worry about it. Right, right, right. And then uh, Jimmy, of course, is like, I'll pay, I'll pay you back in a couple months, which is, I'm sure, something he said to a lot of people at this point. <laughs> but And then Kirsten's kind of cute. Then she, like, live, like, brings some levity to the situation a bit. And she's just like, she's like, I know where you live. Because <laughs> it's next door to me. because you move next door to me because you're obsessed with me and my money i guess (laughs) i don't know how embarrassing would that be like you've got this crush on on this girl forever and you like move in next door to her and then you got to ask her for a hundred thousand dollars i'd be like well any chance i had of making that happen just went out the door yeah uh so yeah like he 
he seems very like uh i don't know he he acts uh, he 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 gives off this whole thing of like no it's too much i can't no i wouldn't no it's a hundred thousand dollars i feel like he knows that she's going to give it to him right he kind of does the like going through the motions you know like if somebody's trying to like give you something and you're like no 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 no, i don't need no 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 no." okay (laughs) you can only do that for so long as as uh two people raised in the south that's like such a thing whenever the, like the check comes or something. I'm sure it's like not just the South, but here I feel like it's yeah. especially just like, don't you dare go for your wallet. I have this one. <laughs> like I remember my, also, my, my dad, yeah, like, like that's what? Okay. Oh, you were talking about, well, I was going to go, you, you do, you do because you're about to tell the story. I'm, I'm diving ahead, back in. Ahead. So, so it, I was just going to, it was a little aside, but like, my um you know like my my dad has three sisters and uh their mom my grandma uh just like like you know lives by herself like we never had a ton of money or anything um and uh and so i remember like like uh on christmas or something you know we'd all be over there and uh they would try the siblings would try to and my dad would try to give their mom money just to be like, hey, here's like a hundred bucks, whatever. Like, just like, you know, get yourself something nice or like go out to eat or something, you know, like just like. Yeah. And she was, she was always just like roundly rejecting it. Just like, no, 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 get that out of here. You know, like, I don't need that. I don't need that. Aww. And I remember them like literally like sneaking money into her purse while she wasn't looking. So that it's just like, it's the only way you can like gift somebody money with somebody you love and somebody you want to do something nice for you. Like, mom, you fucking raised us. We turned out. Okay. We, we have a little bit of money now. So like, let us, let us do this for you. Like, yeah, you're, you're, when you do that, you're, you're rejecting, you're preventing somebody from having the pleasure of giving you something. Right, like it's it feels good to give people stuff. It feels good to give a gift, exactly. And it's like you're saying, like, no, you don't get that. But yeah, that's a southern thing, I guess. But uh, I just remember that distinctly. And it no, took Jimmy yeah, Cooper that, asking. That is very, very much a southern parent kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's like I understand the I understand the gesture of like being like, oh no, I don't need that. But at a certain point, yeah, just take it. Let's take the fucking money. That's why we're here. Um, um, <laughs> so and but this, I was gonna say, yeah. like, also Jimmy being like, no, 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 I can't. No, I couldn't. I okay. It's like that's the whole reason he called her, right? To be literally, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're gonna back so out now. Like, he was totally intending on taking the money if Absolutely. she if she said she would give it to him. Hmm. Well, like he got cold yeah. feet at the altar or something. It's like, dude, you yeah. fucking should have shouldn't have done this if you were gonna back out now. Uh, but yeah, of course he was gonna take the money. That's why he's there. Um, so, so in this exchange between Kirsten and Jimmy, uh, Kirsten mentions that the new contractor is going to start working in the model home the following day, 
And of course, the kids overhear this amongst everything else, which kind of fucks Marissa up because she's just like, oh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense, actually, I'm sure, because of those dudes showing up at the house, covering for her dad, whatever. But they also get this information of like, oh, shit, Ryan can't stay here tonight. Or like, this is his last night here. Another last night. And uh, we have to figure something out for tomorrow. Um, So that now they they're all aware of that. And we go back to Seth's room, I'm assuming later later that night, and Seth is printing out bus tickets to Austin. And it's another moment where um it's another moment where Sandy just kind of like bursts into Seth's room while he's doing something that he doesn't want his dad to know about. And it, mm-hmm. it, I, again, it looks like he's like looking at internet porn or something. He's just like, yes! Dad, don't you knock? Come on. He like turns fuck? his computer off real fast. And again, Sandy's just kind of like oblivious to that. And he's just like, hey, man, let's let's have a heart to heart right now. Well, he's like, we need to go look for Ryan. Like, let's go drive around and look for him. Right. Yeah. He's like, I'm fucking worried about this kid. He's been gone all day. We haven't had any clue as to where he is. So, yeah, he's like. And the whole time, you know, of course, Seth is just trying to like, just trying to get him the bus ticket so that, you know, he can move on with his life. Uh, but well, the thing gets- about the thing about that scene is like to to Sandy, who doesn't know what's going on, obviously, it, it seems like Seth is like already moved on and forgotten about Ryan. And he's like, yeah. Ryan needs our help. And it's like. All Seth is doing right now is trying to help Ryan. Like he's, but he he's got to, a bus ticket in his hand and he's trying to go get it to him. Yeah, like, but he has to lie to his dad to be able to actually help out Ryan. He has to lie to his dad and say like, oh, I don't like, like, just let it go, dad. <laughs> like, don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah. But of course he like, he goes along with his dad because he's a good kid and he knows his dad's a good guy. And so, yeah, they get in the car and they head out and they're looking for Ryan uh, then we cut to Summer's birthday, which I guess is like night two of her birthday extravaganza. Because weren't they having a <laughs> party for her party. last night? Yeah, but you know, I think it's just this is just uh, Holly's having a thing. This wasn't Summer's birthday, but uh, Summer okay. is there. Obviously. But wasn't it like so the night that they had? Forgive, forgive me, but I'm just trying to get the timeline straight. The, it's a lot of parties to keep up I with. I know, so many, one every night. So the the night that, you know, Marissa ran into Ryan and Seth and then drove them to the model house, or the night that Marissa was going to Summer's birthday, because she had like a present in her hand when she like scooped up Ryan and Seth and they drove to the model home and like was like, you can camp out here the previous night last night that was a previous night yeah whereas i had the birthday present with her so that was summer's birthday but in that scene seth said summer's birthday isn't until wednesday and so now it's they're having another thing at holly's house but it's even closer to summer's birthday if not summer's actual birthday and yeah i think her party was the previous night Am I getting I think this right? Summer Summer seems like the kind of person um that is like, it's my birthday week. This whole week is my birthday. Absolutely. You know what? You're right. <laughs> you know, Every night at like, Holly's. Yeah, Friday night we're gonna do this, and then Saturday we're gonna do this, and then Sunday we'll do this. It's my birthday week. 
Except every night it's just let's party at Holly's. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that sounds fun. That's what happens when you're rich, man. You get to you get to have parties even when it's not your birthday and you can pretend like it is. Wow. How the other half lives. <laughs> so we, we, we go to Holly's house, Summer's birthday or not, just a thing, whatever. Summer's talking to Marissa and she's like, you're being different. You're being weird. What's going on with you? You know, like she's kind of like questioning. She like notices Marissa kind of like, being a little distant, maybe not being around as much because she's, you know, she's, she's angry and she's listening to punk and she's hanging out with the alternative boys. Um, <laughs> there's, so there Luke and uh, his, his goons are hanging out. Are they talking about? They were talking about Ryan, right? They were talking about the kid from. Yeah, Sheena. they were talking about how how Luke got punched at the restaurant earlier that day. Yeah, and Luke's friend says that kid was all up in Luke's grill, like the way he delivered. It might have been Marlon, the guy with the who couldn't feel his legs. Oh yeah, it might did, have. I'm trying to remember now, but all honestly, all of Luke's cronies, they all look the same. They're all the same, and they're all equally terrible actors. Like you have yeah. one line, dude, and you can't even. <laughs> delivered in a realistic way um so they're talking shit about ryan and then marissa's just kind of like you don't even know him and she kind of storms off and then luke of course notices that and he's just like what the fuck because he's been seeing them i fuck each other since this kid got to town yeah, so of course it's, he's it's easy suspicious. to i one can assume that before ryan showed up they were good like their relationship obviously wasn't good because he was like cheating on her and everything but like it wasn't it was good for luke i guess like marissa was didn't have some other dude that she was starting to hang out with goes around comes around luke yeah so then we have a little welcome to the oc bitch so then we have a little scene with sandy and seth in the car and this was like a really sweet little scene it's 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 just them kind of talking about it's it's like Sandy just being like he's like if you he's like I don't know what I'd do if you ran away like I would go he's like it would he's like he said I think he said like from the moment you were born I would I knew I would never take another like easy breath not knowing you were safe yeah. or something like that it was like a really sweet loving fatherly thing to say. Again, yeah, this is, I, I, I also wrote, this is a great scene. It <laughs> is, like, yeah. It is, it's that, it's Sandy going to the very edge of like, if he was just a little, went a little further or was like a little not as good at, at acting, you would just be like, this is too much. This is like, this is barf. But like, <laughs> it's so sincere and so just like, holy shit. Yeah. This guy loves his family it and is. he loves his kid. Yeah. And then um of course he ends it with a little with a little joke. How could you not? And he says, uh, Seth, if you run away, I'm coming with you. <laughs> Love that. That's the that's the spin-off show I want to see. Oh yeah. Seth and Sandy running away. It's two dudes. They also I made a note uh in this scene uh that they do 
look like father and son. Like they clearly Peter Gallagher is not Adam Brody's father, but yeah. like they look like they could be father and son. I'd like buy the casting it, yeah. was pretty good. And they have a good chemistry together. Like whenever they have scenes together in dialogue, like it feels like a father-son relationship. One that's, yeah. you know, like strained a little bit, like any one would be with a teenager, but one that's also like got a lot of love there and a lot of respect there. And uh, yeah, lovely. I love them. Any, any, yeah, any, even if it's just like a little scene of them in a car, I think the scene's maybe like 30 seconds long. I'll take it because it's good. It's great. So then we go back to the model home and Ryan is playing a song that we know is on the model home mix, which is none other than uh, Jeff Buckley's cover of the Leonard Cohen song, Hallelujah. Which is kind of Ryan and Marissa's song. Like this, oh, yeah. This comes back in a few more episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember like, uh, well, I wasn't sure why this song was like hitting me so hard. I mean, it's a beautiful song, but it, it was like hitting me with just like, it felt like their song. So the fact that like, I didn't realize that it kept coming back in future episodes until you said that, but that makes a lot of sense because like, it's like in my, it's in the back of my head. It's in my brainstem that just like that song equals Marissa and Ryan. Yeah. And it is uh yeah. Beautiful song. He's like, Ryan's like in his, his nose is last night. He's like lighting a bunch of candles for nobody. A bunch of candles. A bunch of candles making it real, real vibey in this model home and he's not like hitting up marissa like he knows she's going to the party and yet who shows up to this candlelit model home none other than marissa and she she, oh marissa she says this song reminds me of you which is kind of a weird thing to say because the song is (laughs) the song's heavy and like philosophical and like Kind of harsh. Well, I was gonna make I I was I couldn't help but think that like you know a bunch this song has been done by a bunch of different people. Yeah. But uh, my the one I always think of is the Rufus Wainwright one, who was started the episode out with a Rufus Wainwright song. Yeah. And Rufus Wainwright um, and Jeff Buckley were were also friends. Oh, interestingly really? Interestingly enough, yeah. Oh, I didn't know that, but like. To me, I I like the Rufus Wainwright one best, but also that I don't think of that that I that doesn't make me think of Ryan. I feel like the Jeff Buckley one does have more of a a Ryan Atwood vibe to it, just with the like it's kind of it's a little more It's a little uh, unhinged. Unhinged, yeah, and like a, a little more like unpredictable kind of yeah. Has it's a, very has a like feel to it. So yeah, I can kind of see why she said it reminds. It's like the vibe of, of it. Yeah, I was looking into the lyrics too much, but yeah, the vibe of it is very. It's kind of like this. There's like a strength to it, and like an edge to it, but it's also like very beautiful because Jeff Buckley mm-hmm. had that voice. Um, yeah, no, I get it. Um, also like she's, she's there to like fucking bang him. (laughs) She straight up says like, I, I, I did write, um, I, Ryan is 
I think he's so good in this scene. I feel like his acting in this scene is pretty great until the last line yeah. that he says. <laughs> I was going to say. And it, I was like, going to say. Yeah. It almost, because I feel like he's, again, this is one of those moments where he's he's giving us a little more than just like tough guy, stoic, uh, not much inflection in what he's saying. And, but at the very end, because she's like, He's like, you know, we're from different worlds and, you know, all the stuff that he's, he's, they clearly both know. Yeah, he basically says the same thing like three times in a row. He says like, yeah. he says like, we're from different worlds. We're not the same. <laughs> I'm different from you. It'll never work you. out. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, we got it. But then, yeah, the last yeah. line is... uh He's like, uh, she's yeah, she's definitely there to just be like, it's our last night together, and I want to sleep with you. And he's like, she goes, she goes. Uh, I thought maybe I could stay the night and just you know hang out. Hang out. <laughs> oh, we know what hang out means, Marissa. <laughs> but yeah, he he. It reminded me of um, his last line. Reminded me of uh, John Lithgow and Harry and the Hendersons, where he's trying to get rid of him, and he's like, just go. And he like kind of like go. He just kind of does like a quick one eighty to turn his back to her. It's like just go. Yeah. Just get out of here. The like go with his head turned. I was just like, oh man. Which like, if you remember the uh, the whole like back to the camera look over the shoulder. That's like Ryan's like look. That's like yeah. you know how like whenever you t- somebody takes a picture of you, you have like your default smile that you always do. Yeah, that's what they're like. All right, everybody, get it, get in the shot. All right, three, two, one, and then Ryan just like spins around and like looks over Ryan his shoulder. Turns around. <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that whenever I get my picture taken. I'm just gonna turn around. Everyone's putting their arms around each other yeah. to get like a cool group shot. Yeah, and you just do a spin around. <laughs> so their arms are around like my chest. <laughs> And like my chin's <laughs> resting on their on their finger. If we ever get out of this quarantine and we're allowed to take group pictures again, you better you believe it. Do that. I'm definitely doing that. Um. So yeah, he tells her to go, and then uh, and then we have you know Marissa kind of like running out. She's just like crying and like running out of the model home. She gets in her car and like takes off, and then we see like when she takes off behind her car lurking in the shadows luke in his giant truck that would be hard to miss but you know it's a construction <laughs> site you could be like oh it's just the contractor's truck that he left right. here or whatever and she was she was she was yeah she I'm was sure in she a wasn't. very emotional state sure yeah i get it uh, but so so luke sees marissa run out crying speeds off and then he sees Ryan kind of like chasing after her. Ryan's just kind of, oh, no, wait, whatever. Like, what are you doing, man? Come on. And so, and so then Luke, Luke kind of puts it together and he's just like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Well, we got Hallelujah still playing this whole time and it is working for this scene. And then we get, it's great. It's great. And then we get a little montage. You know, we see, we see Kirsten transferring the money to Jimmy we see Seth and Sandy like still like hopelessly looking for Ryan. And then we see Marissa driving in her car all crying and shit. So it's like a low point kind of for for everybody in the show, which is a great way to enter 
our third act. <laughs> I didn't know how long we were going to be able to talk about this because I didn't, it, to me, it didn't feel as dense with uh, material as the pilot episode did. But. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like I said, man, the, the show didn't have a lot of filler. Like it was, there's kind of something to analyze about every little, little scene. Yeah, and I feel like some of the, like, because it's it's giving you a lot of uh, substance with everything, like, it is kind of, like, direct sometimes, and from, like, an artistic standpoint, mm-hmm. you could be like, maybe the show isn't very nuanced in, like, it's, like, some of the wording or, like, some of the lines that the, the characters have, but it kind of sometimes it kind of has to be more direct and less like, you know, uh, verbally sort of creative. Yeah. You have to know this and this and this about this character. Right. So they might just say this and this and this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, it's what I think is like, um, it's like the, the best kind of like, screenwriting you can do which is like you can i mean it's not perfect by any means there's there's problems with it but um you know it's like you the idea is you want to you want it to feel natural you want it to feel like these people are just talking to each other and you don't want to feel contrived like you know like oh this is there the writers obviously like moving it in this direction or having this character come in at this point and, and that does happen in this show but for it to feel natural and for it to also like get across as much information as possible while doing that, but without Mm -hmm. like boring the audience or anything like it's, yeah, it's just good, solid TV writing. So let's wrap it up. All right. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. So Ryan's back in his beautiful candlelit room. There are at least 200 candles lit <laughs> in this one bedroom. I don't know where. Maybe that's all Marissa had in her bag besides toilet paper. Well, she she was like, you did say when Seth was like making fun of the stuff that she brought. She was like, you did say just whatever was around the house. And that does seem like something like rich people would have hundreds of candles. Like a candle room? Just, yeah. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Um, like every time you want to take a bath, you just got to surround the the tub with with candles. Absolutely. Get that. (laughs) Got to have candles on deck. You never know. So, um, so, so Ryan's up there kind of, I guess, like beating himself up because he's like, oh man, I could have banged that girl that I'm in love with, but I sent her off into the crying into the night. And then, um, and then Ryan hears somebody come into the home he's here somebody like shuffling up the stairs and then <clears throat> ryan says did uh did you get those bus tickets <laughs> and then from off he thinks it's he thinks it's he Seth, thinks it's yeah. Seth. yeah he says did you get the bus tickets and then from off screen you hear luke say like luke hasn't entered the room yet but you hear him off screen say bus <laughs> just that <laughs> and it's really funny 
because like I like, could picture like Luke being all mad, like like pumping himself up to like come in here to beat up this kid. And then he like walks in, and he's like storming up the stairs. You just all he hears is like, "You get those bucks bus tickets?" And he's just like he like stops in his tracks and he's just like, "Bus? What's a bus?" <laughs> like he's trying to think of bus as a like a, a homophobic slur. Yeah, he's like, he's "How like, can I spin this? Can I use that?" <laughs> what did he just call me? But it probably is what like like before you drop a one liner, it's like you gotta like kind of like think like okay, what's relevant to this situation? Bus, bus, bus. <laughs> so then like, so then he says that out loud in earshot of Ryan because we're next to Ryan and we hear that, and yeah. Ryan still thinks it's Seth, <laughs> and then Luke is standing in the doorway like the camera swish pans over. He's standing in the doorway, and he says, uh, "You're not going anywhere." That's why he said bus. <laughs> to, to be fair, uh, it might have been hard to tell the difference between Luke's voice and Seth's voice with the roar of the flames of 7,000 candles <laughs> that were lit in this room. That's why he had to yell it. Because <laughs> there was just a crackling fire going around him the whole time, which is about to get bigger. Because, of course, oh Luke shows up with his goons and he wants to he wants to fight he's like what are you doing with my girlfriend dude i saw her running out of here crying and then uh and then ryan's basically he's like he's always he's dtf he's down to fight anytime anywhere he's like quit fucking talking and do something about it so like he's like let's fucking rumble man i don't i got nothing to lose i'm going to austin tomorrow i don't give a fuck so yeah (laughs) so luke so they fight and in the midst of the the melee and luke i mean uh ryan is doing pretty good taking on like fucking four guys at once yeah it's it's like four on one and these are like four like athletes like these aren't just like scrawny little henchmen yeah these are all they're all water polo players they're all pretty built yeah, and Ryan is standing his ground, man. He's fucking holding it down. He's he's brawling. But in the midst of this, they knock over at least one of the 200 <laughs> candles that are in this room. And of course, there is like, you know, open buckets of paint thinner and things like this that, yeah. that just spread and just fire. Just like uh, sheets and curtains. different things. Every every flammable yeah. thing you could imagine is all in this room. It's all in this with room. All, of these all next to these candles. candles that are that are now falling over because they're just they're just bumping each other into them constantly, right? And it so, looks like the last scene in uh, the Lion King when Simba and Scar are fighting. Oh yeah, and they're just, like, they're just surrounded by flames. All of the like shrubbery is catching on fire. Yeah, oh, it's intense, man. It is an intense battle. And so the fire's spreading. They they get the upper hand on Ryan. They take him out. Ryan's on the ground. Oh, can't move. Hurt too bad. And then they, you know, see this. The room is engulfed in flames at this point. So they bail, right? Like his goonies bail. And then and then Luke's like going down the stairs and he stops. And he turns back and he runs into the room and he fireman carries Ryan out of there. He saves Ryan. This is like 
to me, this seems very like uh, formulaic for like a soap opera type show like this is. And like to have this one character be so like hateable for the entire show. And then this one moment of like, I'm not going to let this guy die in this building. Yeah. But like, again, it's, it's what we're saying of like, this isn't this like uncharted territory of television. No, it's a, it's a, it's something that has definitely been done before and will be done again, but they do it really well. Like you, you do have this moment of like, okay, maybe Luke isn't the worst. Yeah. He still kind of is, but he knows enough to like, he's not going to let Ryan die in the fiery, like this fiery room in a model home. Yeah. And there's also like an element of self-preservation there for Luke. Cause like if he's responsible for this person dying, like that doesn't look great. Like you can have like a little scrap, right? Like Ryan's down for a scrap. But it gets real when there's like murder charges on the table. So so in a way it's self-preservation, but also like, yeah, you get a sense that like, oh, there is a heart beating under all that shaved chest yes. muscle. Um under those that layer of puka shell necklace. Yeah. <laughs> and uh and so he yeah, he gets Ryan out of the house. Um there's a little bad bad cgi fire coming out of the windows uh, <laughs> and uh he kind of just drops ryan and he's just like fucking run dude i don't know like get out of here he does go run and it's yeah. like he's laying on the ground you like beat him up, up. <laughs> <laughs> smoke yeah and blood thanks luke uh and so luke speeds off in his in his truck ryan's left there on the ground how how great would it have been if when Luke got in the truck and they were driving off, he went, welcome to the OC, bitch. <laughs> he just says that it's every time. Yeah. Every time he, he gets the upper hand on Ryan and he gets to exit, he just drops that in there. <laughs> that would be fun. <laughs> Another callback. You know, I love him. Uh, so then we cut to the Cooper residence and Jimmy is all good, brother. He is uh, <laughs> sipping on a Corona with a lot of a lot of head, a lot of fists, lot fists of coming head. out of that I think he shook it up a little bit. I think he bit shook it a little. He's, ha- he's having a fun night. He just got bailed out by Kirsten. He's watching ESPN Classic, which, okay, whatever. Who gives a shit? Uh, and then, like, Julie comes by. That is, that's the thing about his character. He loves ESPN Classic. It, <laughs> it comes up in multiple episodes. You know why? Because he's always living in his high school days because he's in love with Kirsten. Exactly. Boom. That is good. Yeah. I kind of took yeah. that as like a throwaway whatever, but like, man, that is, that's got some, uh, some, uh, weight to it. I like it. Yeah. You got to fit like he's watching old Laker games. You got to like 2003. There was still, there was like, I think pretty sure Kobe and Shaq were still playing for the Lakers, like winning championships. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you be living in the present yeah. as a as a Lakers fan? Like, it's not like they were going through a rough patch. Right, like, exactly. Yeah. The Lakers were doing. They were great. the best they've ever been. 
you are watching history get made every night. <laughs> but he's still like, no. He's like, no. Nah. Like the old games. Yeah, the like 87. Magic Johnson. Oh, and this is where we confirm that one, uh, Marissa is my age because he, he's watching a game from like 87. Mm-hmm. And then Julie's like, oh, I was pregnant with Marissa like when this game happened. And I was born in 87. So I was like, okay, we're the same age. And so in 2003, it would have been like 16, which I think lines up with what we what we assumed. They're going into their junior year of high school. Yeah, junior year, you're 17. Somewhere between freshman and junior year. Okay, cool. Yeah. That all checks out. I'm glad that like they 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 dropped that little bit of information, which allowed us to extrapolate, kind of like ex- precisely how old everybody is. Um, right. And so yeah, Ju- Julie comes by. They have that little dialogue, and the Jimmy's just like, "Hey, remember that uh, money thing that you didn't want to hear about? I took care of it. It's all good." And Julie's like, "I knew you would, because she just doesn't have anything to worry about." <laughs> it's like, "Thanks for the support, Julie. Whatever." Uh, then we go to Marissa's bedroom and, um, and, uh, oh, oh, Marissa storms in cause she's upset of course from the thing with Ryan and she goes up to yeah. her room and then Jimmy's just like, okay, I'll go, I'll go talk to her. Uh, obviously she's upset, goes up to her room. Um, and then he's kind of like, Hey kiddo, don't worry. Like whatever it is, it's okay. And he, hu- he hugs her. She's crying and he's just like come on, we, we, what's wrong? We, we tell each other everything. And then Marissa just through her tears goes, do we? Mm. Cause she, it almost there. looks like she's about to murder her dad. Oh like, yeah. The way that she like delivers that line and like do has we? that look. I know that like, I, I believe that that's like the, the right way to deliver that line when you're like, I know, I know the thing that you haven't told me because I heard you, in the model home or whatever, but it is, it does just kind of have this like feeling of like, do we? Yeah. (laughs) She goes, (laughs) cause she goes from like sobbing to just like, just like on a dime, just being like, (laughs) yeah, do we also, I, uh, again, I, I, I think Tate Donovan does a great job as, as being Jimmy Cooper, but, in this scene, a lot of what he just says is like, hey, hey, come on, hey, yeah. come on. He's not really saying anything. Hey, come on. Don't be you can sad. Tell me what's up. You can tell me, come on. Come on. Hey. That's my girl. It's like one of those scenes where they didn't have a lot of dialogue prepared. <laughs> no. And they were just like, console her. And he was like, Okay. Here I go. <laughs> hey. hey, it's all right. <laughs> it's all good, girl. Come on. Hey. Um. Okay, and then we. I think is Sandy. We go back to the car. I think, and Sandy gets a call about the fire. Right. Because at this point, like the fire has. I assume it's Kirsten calls him and says yes. Yeah. And Sandy's just There's like, a fire I'll be right bottom. there. So that, yeah, that communicates that like, okay, everybody knows about the fire now. <laughs> and uh, that's where we're going. Uh, so then he heads off there. Um, we go back to the party and uh, Luke and his boys come back from from the 
the fire and the melee and uh they come back to the party they go back to well yeah well that's our alibi right we were at the party all night also i mean who knows when holly's gonna have another party at her parents beach house it could so be it's like, hours and get every <laughs> squeeze every ounce out of this thing that we can right so okay so so they come back to the party and summer's like you guys smell like smoke you know like fire smoke like the kind of <laughs> the kind of smoke that like a house fire makes and then luke says oh yeah we were hot boxing in marlin's car or whatever and summer like just just believes him it's just like you didn't invite me i'm just like all right first of all <laughs> house fire smoke and marijuana smoke are two different smokes very different they smell very different uh so but i guess luke was just like smoke smoke right and well and also in in summer's defense she comes down that spiral staircase uh and is obviously like really fucked up oh yeah so i think i feel like he could have said anything and she would have gone like I believe you. <laughs> like she's she's doing a great job of acting like somebody who has partied for ten days straight at Holly's parents' oh, beach man. house. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of all she's done as a character to this point. She hasn't really. Yeah. She hasn't really gotten a ton of of screen time. Um, yeah, we. Yeah. No, I was gonna say we we've pretty much only seen her there. And at the um, uh, fashion show. Right, right. Yeah, because, yeah, she's just taking phone calls and stuff. Like, she's still a bit role, but she'll she'll uh, she'll be more involved very soon. Yeah. Uh, just you wait, everybody. <laughs> she's going to be your favorite character In soon no enough. Time. Yeah. So we go back to the model home. It's fucked. There's fire trucks. There's cops. Sandy Kirsten uh Sandy pulls up with Seth they get out of the car and uh Seth like comes clean basically to his dad about you know what's really been going on he's been hiding it this whole time uh because now he's he's like oh shit this is yeah this is not gone according to plan also he might be does he know for a fact that Ryan isn't in there I don't, I don't know. I think, well, because I, I think, think so. the cop says like, looks like somebody was living in there. Yes. Like, but not like we found a body. Like there was definitely a person living in there because we found his body. Right. Like, yeah. I think it just says, it looks like there was someone living there. He had a fuck ton of candles. Yeah. No wonder there was a fire. <laughs> like fucking thousand candles in that place. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, Seth comes clean. I assume he thinks Ryan's still alive because yeah, there was no body produced. Uh, we cut to Ryan who's just fucking hitchhiking. He's like, I got nowhere to go. I don't know what I'm doing. He's at the end of his ropes. He's got like a big like black eye. He's just like beat to shit. Not inhaled a lot of smoke, I'm sure. And mm-hmm. who pulls up next to him? None other than Luke. Which, he just got back to the party. And then I guess he's, this is later maybe, he's leaving the party, heading out, going home. 
Yeah, I feel like he probably didn't stay too long at the party because because him and his uh, buddies, after he told Summer that they hotboxed Marlon's uh, car, they the three of them are like chatting together, and uh, one of his goons is like, "Man, he was real messed up." Yeah, Luke was like, "He's still breathing though." He's like, "Yeah, but I don't know. It's just messed up, man." Yeah, so Luke Luke's like worried. So maybe, yeah, maybe Luke was so I think, going out looking for I think for that him. got in Luke's mind, and Luke was like, I'm going to get out of here. And I think he just kind of happened to, he probably was like driving back towards the house just to see. Just to check on him. Yeah, Ryan, that makes sense. Like walking down the road. Because Ryan, yeah, probably wouldn't have been far from the model home. So yeah, he was going back to, to check on him, I guess. So he pulls yeah. over and he's just like, He's probably like, thank God you're alive. Uh, but he's also like, hey, let's just keep our mouths shut about this. And then like nothing bad has to happen. Ryan sees this also as an opportunity to like kind of be like, uh, you're giving me a ride, dude. Like, <laughs> like I'm not going to just like let you drive off. Leave me on the side of the fucking road hitchhiking. Like you're giving me a ride. We're kind of in this together. I don't like you. You don't like me. But uh, I just got a bus to catch. So like, let's go. Or no. We don't have a bus to catch, as we will find out. You Um, think he has a bus to catch. You think. Yes. This is the old switcheroo. Um, So then we go back to Seth's room. He's there with Sandy. Sandy's kind of like, you know, I did the best I could for this kid. After Seth has come clean about everything and then being deceitful and like running away. And he's just like... He's just like, you were going to put him in the fucking system again. Like, I couldn't let you do that. Like, uh, he's like my best friend already. Like, like we did this. He's like, uh, Sandy says, uh, Sandy says, hey, man, I, I did the best I could. And then Seth says, so did I. And I was just like two guys trying, <laughs> trying their best to like give this kid what he wants and just like yeah didn't work out this is bad luck follows ryan poor kid because because honestly like if it was just the two of them deciding like ryan would just stay with them like they would both yeah be totally fine basically like i i did the best i could seth did so did i and it's just like any we like him like we like this guy yeah we want him to stay with us but your mom doesn't want it, and so we can't really, you know. I don't. That's how I saw it. Yeah, absolutely. It's 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 yeah. It's just them trying to like do the best with what they got, and then uh, we go down to the driveway. Kirsten's getting coffee for all the cops that are there because she's the best, and um, and uh, and Mitchell, do you want to do you want to call back? from our episode do you think any of those cops are in a rock band rock band oh the police police? that those (laughs) cops i hope so because it's the same cop from before you know so he's gotten so he's got some lines in he's got a nice voice i could see him being the singer (laughs) (laughs) no that cop makes you remember that he was the cop from before yeah he's like this time you're gonna give me some answers you again yeah (laughs) pretty much like cool we got we got a recurring cop character that's nice um and then uh so that we're in we're in the driveway of the coens all the all the cops are there for some reason 
<laughs> so many cops. So many cops. <laughs> Can't quite figure out why they're all there at the For, Cohen's yeah, house. Yeah, at the at the scene of not a crime. Not a crime. Like just she works for the company that owned the house that burned down. Yeah. There, so she was probably like, like, we should probably all go back. Yeah. To- they're like, the fire's out. This house is, uh, there's no coffee in this house. If you want to come back to my house, I got plenty of coffee. And then like 12 cops were just like, coffee, coffee. Yeah. I'll go, I love coffee. Uh, I'll go. coffee. It's I late. didn't even think about that, but yeah, it's, it's kind of weird. Thought that like that was a murder scene. Like, yeah, there were so many, so many, there. just like filling up the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, and then, who pulls up? None other than Luke and Ryan. <laughs> weren't didn't see that one coming, but here they are. Well, like also the, yeah, like the Coopers are like the whole Cooper family yeah. in their pajamas yeah. are also in the driveway yeah. of the Coens. <laughs> Literally Again, everybody. A crime had happened at their house. Right. But it had not. Yeah. I, I, I wrote down everybody is there. Like, <laughs> and why? I don't know. But everybody's there. It's very Shakespearean. Oh. Um. So yeah, so so Ryan's essentially just like puts his hands behind his back and he's just like, "Yep, arrest me. I get it. I know the drill. I was in the house. I the fire, all that. Yep, it's me. Okay, let's go." And then, uh, and so he's like, "Yeah, I caused the fire. They're putting him in the back of the car." And then Luke stands the fuck up. Like Luke didn't have to do this. Okay. Luke could have just like let Ryan get arrested, take the fall, and then but he's just like, hey, I was there too. I caused the fire. Luke, the guy we have all hated up until this point, is kind of like sticking up for Ryan. Why? I'll tell you why. I think it's because. <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me why, because I honestly don't know aside from like he thinks it'll make Marissa like him. Yes, I think that's what it is. I, but I think it's for a different reason. I think Luke saw Ryan getting arrested, and he saw Marissa see Ryan getting arrested, <laughs> and he was like, "Man, that looks cool." And then he's like, "All right, I did the fire too." And he's like, "Watch me get arrested now. Look how cool I look. I look cool like Ryan <laughs> getting arrested." But. When Ryan puts his hands behind his back for the handcuffs, it's it's like somebody who's had this happen to him numerous times oh, yeah. before. Luke is like real clumsy about it. He's just like, what do I like, like behind this? my back? What do I do? Above my head? Can you just do in front? I don't know. Like, what do I? Yeah. How do it I hurts do my this? shoulders to do it behind my back. Oh, why are they so tight? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Never been arrested. These before. hurt. <laughs> they don't tell you that in movies (laughs) um and yeah like when even when ryan like does he's like i know the drill and he puts his hands behind his back the cop kind of like grabs him very forcefully and like throws the cuffs on him just like whoa pump the brakes a little there dude like he's going peacefully like you don't gotta like yeah treat him like that but um but yeah luke stands up he, t- he takes takes a hit, and then uh, they both get thrown into the squad car. And uh, as they're going in, Sandy's, but before they do, yeah, Sandy 
Sandy runs up to him. He's just like, he's like, officer, I'm there. I'm his lawyer. He's like, Ryan, keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I love that. It's like, keep your mouth shut. Like, so Don't talk good. to those fucking cops. And then, and then he sees Luke and he's like, you too. Like, I know that one's stupid. I can't really. Like, <laughs> just don't fucking say anything, Luke. You ogre. <laughs> officer, please. Don't try to, like, get this guy to crack, because he will. He will. Like, really oh, easily. He will break like an egg. Don't say bus around him. <laughs> It'll really confuse him. Bus? What is bus? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sandy's still got his back, man. Even after all that. Even after the, the house burns down, he runs away. And Sandy knows all this. And Sandy's still, like... He's still like batting for the kid. He's still he's still gonna be his attorney. Sweet yeah. ass Sandy, love him. And then we go well, then we go to credits, man. Fade to black. That is it. I I feel like uh, we've 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 gone for a long time. So we can either talk about it this episode or make a point to talk about it next episode. But those and that music during the ending credits. Yeah. Uh, Almost like not quite as much as the Phantom Planet song for the opening credits, but it does like again like I I guess I mean obviously I associate it because this was actually written for the show. Sure. It's like the closing credit song. But it does just like it's like a a sandwich and like this is like the 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 top the bun yeah. <laughs> of the sandwich. Like you've been building a sandwich yeah. and then you put that top bun on there and it's like now that that episode is is complete, yep. it's so good. Oh, yeah. The great closing credit. Did, was it always the same? I feel like they changed it in the later seasons. Am I wrong? Maybe. I I always associate this one. Yeah, it's me too. It's definitely the one for like the first two seasons, at least. And I feel like it was like... Maybe it was like the the DVD menu or something. I remember like waking up in the middle of the night to this song like on a loop or something. <laughs> Like every time I hear it, it just kind of like sends a little shiver up my spine. <laughs> just like Dude. waking up like half drunk in the middle of the night to like a TV blaring that song. But it is a nice song. And you're right. It is like a perfect closing credit song. It's even, yeah, it's got a little pickup towards the end. And it's like timed perfectly with all the credit. It's like, you know, 30 seconds long or something. But you're right. Totally works. Yeah. It's, it's so good. Cool all right guys Um, and also yeah like like binging binging it the way that we did um was like whereas like if you're watching something on like netflix or any of the streaming services after like five seconds of credits it just throws you to the next episode sure whereas like if you're watching on the dvd you you heard that song all the way through like for as long until you went back to the menu to start the next episode right yeah i feel like we heard that song a lot oh yeah yeah i i mean i'm hearing it now in my head (laughs) every every instrument every little note okay so who won who was the oc mvp who won this episode maybe luke or Marissa. You going Luke? Luke or Marissa, because Marissa was super clever, and she, like, got him out of some tight situations and, like, brought the toilet paper. I mean, come on. That's a big one. But, may- but maybe Luke, be- just because of his actions at the end of the episode. But you know what? Luke was responsible for <laughs> all of that right. shit happening. So, fuck Luke. Marissa gets it. 
Marissa, this might be the only one she ever gets. I, yeah. She might win some more. I don't see her winning that many, yeah. but uh, yeah, we can give it to Marissa. Are you cool, cool with that? that? Okay. Yeah, I'm trying to think like I was, Seth was cool, I was going to say but... Marissa or Ryan or... Uh, Why Ryan? Why are you feeling or, Ryan? Or Marlon. Oh, Marlon can't feel his leg. All up in Luke's grill. <laughs> um, why? Why were you thinking Ryan for it? I don't. I just. I just feel like uh, this show. The the like first couple episodes are so focused around Ryan and like his story. Everyone else's story sort of revolves around him and what happens to him. Um, and like I said, I really like that scene before he says go. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he did a good job. I do too. Yeah. Uh, but, so, um, I don't know. but I feel like, yeah, since you're right, Marissa probably isn't going to get many opportunities and she did like her character, like opened up a lot in this episode. We, we learned all about all her cool music interests, all the punk that she likes. <laughs> Um, but that aside, yes, she was definitely like pretty clutch in those tight spots that they found themselves in. So yeah, let's go with Marissa. Fuck yeah. Cool. All right. MVP. See, Congratulations. Uh, episode two, OC MVP, Marissa <laughs> Cooper. We're mailing the trophy to your house. Yep. It'll, it'll be there. We'll sanitize it. Don't worry. Um, cool. So that's, that's episode two <laughs> of the OC. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that uh conversation and summary and opinions um if you like this show i think you can probably follow it on spotify or subscribe to it on apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening to it on uh we're gonna try to yeah, do at this. this point it'll be on everything yes uh we're gonna try to do this once a week which i think is pretty doable <laughs> considering we ain't doing shit else because we're stuck in our houses. I could probably, yeah, I could probably fit it into my schedule. <laughs> so yeah, look for it. Uh, we'll try to get it out um, towards the beginning of every week. But you know, if you're subscribed to it, it'll just pop up in your feed. Um, do we do we plug anything? I'm at Mitchell Hardage on Instagram. I just got an Instagram. Uh, I'm at J the Instagram, and uh, we're in a band called we called marcus but the instagram handle is at we underscore r underscore marcus and it's just a fun little silly band we're in with our friend gus um kitty wing produces this show so big shout out to muhammad for getting it up on the streams and doing the album art and being a great friend and beautiful person all right guys yeah thanks for listening guys thank you yeah enjoyed it uh we sure did. So, um, yeah, send us, send us some, uh, I don't know, feedback. I don't know. Or maybe not. We're, we're doing it. We're doing this thing to get us through the quarantine. Yeah. Uh, so we're glad that you're listening to it until next week. California. Here we come. Bye. Love you. Bye.
Podcast is a Kitty Wing Production.